Hey everybody, welcome to episode 36 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tide Ben. Hello again. How you doing, man? You alright? Very good. Very, very good. Um, how's things? Had a good week? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. Like, I feel after week after competition, my hobby drive is, you know, overcharged, painting like crazy, getting the oh, next team that's, ready. That's so good to about. hear. Because, as you see, the funny thing is, we have, well, we have club night every Tuesday, don't we? Yeah. In our, in our local group. And I, the group chats are always dead on Wednesday. It is funny. It, it is isn't funny. It? It's and like it when you're absolutely dying for some kind of fast food and then afterwards you just you just want to you just want to eat like like a vegan for days because you've yeah. recovered it's like you've binged we have this every week so it was interesting to see how like busy the group chats and everything have been after the tournament because i kind of thought that everyone would go into like a hobby coma for a few days yeah but no, no. it's been the opposite oh my gosh i think we've all signed up to another tournament and everyone's been yeah. building lists for loads of stuff <laughs> It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, oh, love it. Right, so uh, anyway, thanks for coming on the show again, my friend. So uh, what are we talking about on episode 36? Uh, well, well, we'll be uh, reviewing said tournament. Um, we'll be looking at some rules for legally cheating in the game and the usual games, hobby, and star players. No, fantastic. Yep, we're going to be covering Beachhead Bowl, the review. We were going to have Milton on, but unfortunately Milton got sick. So he was like, dudes, I don't want to do, I don't want to do recording. Uh, I'll just infect you. And we were like, yeah, no, appreciate that. Thank you very much. No problem at all. So we gave uh, Ian Warhannam Hannam a call and said, hey, Ian, Milton's gone sick. Do you want to come on and talk about some beachhead? He said, yeah, I'd love to. And then he woke up today, apparently sounding like Roz from uh, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> <laughs> just... Mike Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like he, he sent me a picture of her this morning. It was like, do you want this person on the podcast? I was like, yes, please. That would be great. Uh, but apparently he decided that was a terrible idea. So, guys, you are just stuck with uh, Ben and I, and uh, we're just going to talk through our games and talk through what everyone has told us so far about Beachhead. And then, yeah, we're going to talk about some, some rules for cheating legally in Blood Bowl, which yeah. I think fits the theme. And, yeah, the usual Blood Bowl nonsense. So I think we'll get started. So... I don't know, did we talk about the Vortis Death Kings I, last time, Ben? I think we did. I think we did. But if not, we can do it again. All right. Because it's worth so it. So the Kickstarter's not live yet, but if, you, if you're on Facebook, uh, go and check out Vortis Miniatures um, at Vortis.Miniatures because they've got a bunch of spoilers uh, for a Tomb Kings Kickstarter that's coming, basically. Yeah, I think they're called like Death Kings Guardians. That is it. Um, yeah, Death Kings Guardians. Yeah, and my word, if if we have if I haven't said this before, I'll say it again, these are good. I've been waiting for a really good Kemri team, and these look the part. I'm so, so, like, I want to know what the next Team Games Workshop drops is going to be. Yeah. Because I would love a, a Tomb Kings one, but I think uh, I think if, I think if G-Dub drop a, a Tomb King one, it would be really, really good. But these guys are wonderfully, wonderfully sculpted. Um, yeah. So they're just so nice, and I think I'm pretty sure because I think we said this last time. The um, they've got like a translucent, like plastic or translucent resin, like spirit. Yeah, we, out of we did talk about that, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, so there's uh, 
there's the tomb there's the tomb guardians which are huge things they've got yeah they've got the ghosts sticking out the backs of them the, yeah. the jackal runners are really cool mm. yeah. i think they've got like alternate sculpts as well so i think you can make some of the linemen like jackals or something like that uh blitz Ru- yeah run, yeah blitz Ru- yeah. alternate oh, alternative anubis um yeah so anybody who's seen stargate you'll see like familiar things with the they look like yeah they're like the stargate things but just with blood bowl they i'm not sure on the size of them i think they have they're a decent size which to be fair the vortice miniatures look like they're going to be uh, yeah they look i reckon if they're on 32s because they've previewed a couple of them on bases yeah. and they kind of take up the entirety of the base which is pretty reasonable because some of the grebo models do that and they're still a good scale yeah yeah so i think they'll be good the even the line skeletons They've, there's so much movement. One of them's even got one of his arms in his other arm, and he's wielding it as a club, which yes, <laughs> which is really cool. Four mummies. Um, yeah, the mummies are, are huge models, from the looks of it. Yeah, they're, they do look big. Oh man, um, they've got a variety of poses. But anyway, check out Vortice miniatures. There's no timeline on their Kickstarter. It just says coming soon. Um, I think I saw a comment which says March, but I'm not going to... Oh, danger, 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 if that is. Now, I was adamant, Games Workshop, we're going to drop some Blood Bowl news today. And the only news they've dropped is they're doing a recasting of some Imperial Guard for 40k. So, Hmm. that's a bit of a shame. That's a bit of a shame. Yeah, the Valhallans, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That yeah. saves us getting super, super, super excited about that. But yeah, anyway, that's Vortice Miniatures Death King's Guardians coming soon. And talking of things coming soon, Legends of the North by Goblin Guild. Now, I think there was more information to this, but where they've uh, they've got a, a prepped Kickstarter page, like a, a notify me on launch page, which I need to really do. Yeah. I think it's just got one picture on it, doesn't it? It has at the moment, but I think we've seen more. But um, if you click on the picture and open it up, they gives you some some pretty cool uh, close up. So these are these are green stuffed sculpt. This is for a Norse team, clearly, um, and they've got a real Viking look to them. They are really clean for hand sculpted. That's proper hand sculpted. They look tall, you know. Yeah. So they look a bit. Uh, you know, a bit taller than the uh, the old school thirty two scale, the old twenty eight mil scale. So these guys look thirty two, and the sculpting looks really good. The poses aren't quite as dynamic as what you see from digital these days, but a lot of Blood Bowl fans kind of lean that way, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You see teams like this quite often. I think that's probably a good thing. The worst thing is when they put giant metal wings on things, Ben. <laughs> hey, he's still, still surviving for did now. He, I haven't opened it up. He, he, oh, have you have you checked since you got home? Uh, he survived the journey home. Oh, amazing! But, I mean, he's sat in the box at the moment, and I haven't dared to look. Have you got a gla- have you got a glass cabinet? Have you got a display case? I did. I uh, when I moved out, I I left it behind. Oh but no! I've got nowhere to put it really in the new place. Yeah, I know it's tricky, isn't it? Mine's in my shed at home, like at my mum's house, uh, waiting to be snuck into uh to, to a new place so it'll be interesting anyway uh, from the looks of this you've got two guys that are bigger than the others that are in running poses that look probably i'm assuming going to be the wolf warriors um yes. and you've got a whole bunch of other viking people and two big guys yeah which is interesting there's a big guy star player isn't there there is yeah ice pelt hammer blow i think his name is so maybe it'll be fair. one looks to be one looks to be kind of like He's got like a a D and D giant 
aspect to it. Yeah, it's very like sort of Jotun. Yeah, Jotun, yeah. Whatever you pronounce it. Yeah. Or the um, the big guys from Game of Thrones. The the yes, the, the, yeah. the giant people from there, just like a a big hairy dude. Yeah, and the other one looks like a yeti with I'm I'm not gonna lie with a comb over. Yeah, <laughs> it's got quite a, quite nice hair. Uh, yeah, so we've got a cool Jotun and a yeti with my chemical romance haircut. <laughs> Straight out of the Raven guy. <laughs> yeah, he does look like Shrike or whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. So that's Goblin Guild Legends of the North. So if you are in the market for a Norse team, definitely keep an eye out for that one coming soon because that is a pretty acceptable um alternative for well, say alternative. There isn't really a Norse team at the moment, is there? No. I mean there are lots of you know, opportunities for Norse teams out there, but I haven't seen one that I'm like, boom, that is the Norse team. I know you mean the Hungry Troll one. So far, I think it's been my favourite. Uh, you know what? Fenrir Sons. I'm going to have to look at this one right now. Fenrir Sons. It's the one with the Techno Viking. Uh, is that the one that uh, Ian from our club picked up? Yes. In in, in Triple O, uh, not... Triple Pow. Yeah, Triple Pow. Uh, who did also come to Beachhead Bowl. Yes, he did. Yeah, no, that, that team is... Um, it's probably my favourite Norse team so far although I am keen to look at more pictures of this one because it has the potential to be pretty good I think so uh, oh yeah that Norse team is very very cool uh, yeah that is the one that they've picked up um, anyway we digress somewhat and the last yes. bit of model news is another spoiler from J Models called Artemis Maidens yeah um, you're going to have to talk through this one because I'm not sure what it is <laughs> right fortunately uh, Facebook whether you like Facebook or not, does have a very decent translation button because this is a Spanish company. Um, so all the comments and things are all in Spanish. So when's it coming out, etc. Let's see. Uh, hola, Rodrigo. Uh, see translation. We'll have an Amazon theme and will be released on Kickstarter in 2020. So early 2020. So we're looking at this one coming soon. Let's have a look. So they're digitally sculpted. And they are a Greek-themed Amazon team. Okay, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't get too much Greek from it. I think it might just be the the helmet that that one with the random quiver is uh, holding. Yeah. Uh, right. So. Oh yeah. No, that one is pretty Greek. So so far they've showed uh, one, two, three, four, four or five different sculpts. Now they've not really showed the entire sculpt. They've just kind of given a bit of a demonstration. And these are some of the most characterful sculpts I've seen in a very oh, yeah. long time. So, so far, there's one um, with no name, but just with a tagline. Oh, no, Asteria is on there. She is always willing to face the impossible and just looks proper Wonder Woman, really. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like a strong Wonder Woman. We've got uh, Acteon, who, to be fair, looks like He-Man on a bad day. <laughs> Uh, Bermuda, who is another sort of Amazon thing, and Narciso, who is a dude holding a mirror. Um, yes, we, good names. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, what was it you you said he looked like? Uh, like Gaston. Yeah, yeah. Prop. Yeah. This, this guy is the, in my opinion, Greek Gaston. Uh, yeah. And then there's the front cover. So yeah, 
Amazon team coming soon from J Models. Have a look. The sculpts are fantastic. Oh, definitely. Um, got a lot of muscle on, which I, <laughs> I'm known to like painting. Um, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm keen. I think you could probably wrangle these into being some other thing. You could maybe make a human team out of them. Almost. Maybe even like a high off team or something, because some of them are quite, like you say, it's characterful. Yeah. Especially that Narcissus. Almost anything, really. Yeah. Um, which I, I really like these days. So I picked up the. Um, oh, my goodness. Help me out here, Ben. You know, we kickstarted that dwarf team last year. Who was, who was that by? Yes. Fanath. Fanath. Thank you. I picked up the Fanath no Slan team. And I picked them up in such a way that I had the positionals so I could run them as Slan or Pro Elf or Amazon. Because actually, oh, nice. yeah, I thought it'd be quite cool. Some, a team like this could be very easily used to do the same. Like you said, maybe High Elf, maybe. Um, you know, Amazon, Norse. There's a yeah. lot you can do with them. But I, again, we're just waiting to have more details on the Kickstarter. So there's three three Kickstarters to keep an eye on soon. Tomb Kings, Amazon, and Norse. And those are some of the last teams that we're waiting for for Games Workshop. And some of the ones that really don't have uh, a direct Games Workshop alternative model range, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it's a safe bet for these third-party companies yeah I think you're right um, I'm still hoping that G-Dub comes out with vampires or something I still think it's going to be high elves but I would like vampires I would like vampires yeah. even if it meant that it gives me the opportunity to consider buying the Death King's Guardians one from, <laughs> from Vortis oh yeah absolutely but yeah no prices no dates just yet we'll talk about them in full when they're released though <clears throat> perfect Okie dokie. Right, we've got some tournaments to go through. So first one coming up is Thorball 4 on the 7th and 8th of March. So what's that? Four weeks time? Three weeks time? One, two, three. Three weeks time in West Sussex. Uh, we've got the Level Up Bournemouth Bowl on the 28th of March in Bournemouth, which is part of the SWTC. And this is the one that we're all randomly going to now, isn't it? Yeah, we've kind of invaded this. Our club. <laughs> we have properly invaded it. Um, yeah, what happened? How did that happen? We got back from... We got back from Beachhead, and I was looking at my calendar and Tiff's calendar, and I was like, oh, I'm off that Saturday, and Tiff's working that Saturday. We'll see if there's any tournaments going on. I'm the curator of the SWCC, so I was like, right, let's see if there's any tournaments going on that I, you know, that's actually close by. And I was like, oh, the bonnet level up. Sweet. So I went and straight bought my ticket, posted it on Wobble, and I was like, hey, guys, there's a tournament here. One day, um, anyone else fancy it? And now what have we got, like four, five guys from our club coming? I think so, and then a couple of plus ones, I think. Oh, yeah, a couple of plus ones, and there's a bunch of, uh, hopefully a bunch of guys from, like, the Entoyment Pool Bournemouth group as well. Yeah, and... no, one, no one left for actual, like, the level up store goers. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No tickets and there's a few of the SWTC guys who are coming along as well. Some of the guys who are Perfect. at Beachhead uh, have posted in the, the big Blood Bowl WhatsApp thread, like, hey, I'm going, what am I taking? Because that's, that's really, really cool. That's a four-rounder, though, four-gamer. Yeah, it'd be a busy day. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, like, I know that a lot of the American tournaments are four, four, four games in one day. But I think they're two hours a pop. They just have really big days of it. Like, they're like okay. nine o'clock start, eight o'clock finish kind of jobbies. Which... I think because they usually, like... I, I feel like with a lot of American tournaments, I hear people, you know, even people who live in the USA, they fly to them because obviously the size of the country. And so they're usually there the night before anyway. Yeah, they make, when, make big days of it. Yeah, here we're pretty much always travelling there on the day unless it's like really far all the two days yeah yeah no, you're exactly right so yeah that would be really really cool um i'm not entirely sure what i'm going to take yet but i have said i'll paint or finish painting a full team for it so i'm thinking elfie 
Yeah, Elf Union. I'm thinking Elf Union or Wood Elf, one of the two. The way I see it is an hour and a half rounds. There's a good chance that the rounds will end up uh, running out, maybe. So you might end up playing yeah. a kind of 13, 14, 15 turn game. And actually, something like Elves will benefit from a shorter game because they can score quick. Yeah, I, I think... Didn't they suggest four-minute turn timers for this one? Yeah, well, yeah, but... And then you get the game done. Three-minute three, three minute turn timers will be, will be three quite minute. cool. Um, and you can... That's doable. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, so that's quite cool. What team are you planning on taking to that one? Uh, I'm going to take the Pirates, because they arrived. Oh, we'll talk about dude. We'll talk about that more in Hobby. Absolutely. But those, those yeah, are... Yeah, I've already got one painted, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> looking very good as well. Uh, so yeah, yeah that, so that's the first time running Skaven with them. Oh so, yeah, interesting. Are you are you rat ogring or not rat ogring? Yes, absolutely. Oh sweet, gotta have the rat ogre. That's awesome. I suppose it's a it's a one one five build, isn't it? One million one. Yeah, you get quite a lot. That's a that's a proper Skaven team, and then a rat ogre for free on top of it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Did you have you got enough? Um, have you got enough models for a star for star players specifically? Skitter stab stab. Uh, I could use one, um, but I think there's no inducements allowed in this tournament. Oh, you're exactly I think right. Only halflings can take stars. Yes, only halflings, goblins, and ogres can take star players. Ah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Don't have to worry about that. Rat ogre, it is then. Yes. Um, to be fair, that will probably make it. That will save a bit of time with the umming and ahhing of what star players do. That will save a bit of time for the rounds, actually. Yeah, it's an easy build. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the 28th of March. Uh, we've got our next tournament which I'm very excited for which we're going to be talking about next episode or the episode after in detail Ben Bonehead Bowl 2 on the 30th of May at uh, at Entoyment in Pool this is an SWTC tournament it is NAF ranked but there will be multiple hopefully almost the majority of teams will be mixed teams so if you are a NAF player you will not get NAF games ranked against a mixed team because the basically the next team doesn't count but as far as the SWTC is concerned you will still score for your position so Love it. yeah and because we are a very inclusive podcast uh, we allow single um, single teams as well so you don't have to bring a uh, multiple team um, but uh, mixed teams are fun and they do get a bit of a fame advantage as well because that'd be cool because the, the last one was brilliant wasn't it Ben oh so good one of my favorites that was the first yeah. first Blood Bowl tournament we ran, and it was insanely fun with just absolute carnage. I, I listened back to uh, the the last time, like when we had you and Milton on the show to talk about Bonehead Bowl. Yeah. Oh man, it was carnage. Just listening to some of the games and some of the builds was awesome because they're like, oh, we took this team and this team, and I played against goblins with chaos dwarves, and it was just bombs, and oh, it was awesome. <laughs> had a lot of fun with that. Uh, with the troll. Yeah, your troll intercepted a bomb apparently as well. I think he did, yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, so yes, that's Bonehead Bowl 2 on the 30th of May. If you are anywhere near pool and you fancy playing some absolute nonsense Blood Bowl with mixed teams, just come down because it's such a great day. Tickets are only £10. Uh, they've got decent food and enjoyment and the place is really lovely. Parking's really easy. It's a great venue and it's a really good event. Um, but if you are not down south and you're up north well, Midlands is nearer to Birmingham and you're going to the UK Game Expo, there is also a Blood Bowl tournament happening at the UK Game Expo. Ah, oh, perfect. I've always wanted to go to the UK Games Expo. Yeah. Um, yeah. This would be a good opportunity for a tournament if you are going. Mm. Jo- Joe Solo, who's one of our regular competitors on the enjoyment side, it makes insane teams. 
Uh, he's going to UK Game Expo, so he won't be able to make it to Bonehead Bowl this year, which is very sad. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah, it's fair. But, enough. Uh, but I, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be playing up there, but I think he's just gone to look at all the all the all the board game fun. But yes, if you are near there, go to that. If you're not near there, come to Bonehead Bowl. And the last tournament to talk about is happening today as this episode airs. So this episode is coming out on the 22nd of February. And I will be at Manabol Stunty Cup with my, oh. with my Chaos Halflings, hopefully having a good day uh, with some Fumble Team, absolute just Blood Bowl carnage. Um, so, yeah, good fun. Good fun. So if you're listening on your way to that, hi, come and say hello when you get there. If not, then uh, you know, think of us, and I'll put loads of posts about my games on, uh, on our Facebook page and Twitter and stuff. So give us a follow and, and have a look. Uh, right. Very nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, any anything else Blood Bowl news related you can think of, Ben? I think we covered it. It's been quite a quite a busy month. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what these Kickstarters look like. And come on, Games Workshop, let's find out what the next team is because I need to plan my purchases. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, talking about purchases. Now it's actually time for hobby. Okay, it's hobby time. Ben, we'll start with you. Blood Bowl, what have you been up to? Um, I've been up to quite a lot, actually. Um, if we don't count the tournament, because we'll be talking about that in a bit. Um, I had a game versus Ian, War, Hannum, Hannum. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, a league your... game, finally. Yeah, so this is your, your new team against his almost new team. Yes. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting game. Um, so it's Corn versus Humans. I was playing Corn, um, fresh from the tournament, I thought. I'll run them in the league. Could be fun. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I, I, to be honest, he's. I think his team value was about eleven forty. I think it was because now I couldn't quite get one hundred and fifty in inducements. Um, couldn't quite afford a wizard. Yeah, and I was thinking I was going to get thrashed because humans are fast, and corn is actually quite slow. If you've never played them, they're all movement six. They're about the same speed as Amazons, which are what probably and- below average, right? Humans humans get better quicker as yeah. well, don't they? Yeah. As, especially the way Ian brews them up. He's like, and I'll take guard on what everybody forever. Yes. So he had a few players with guard. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a really interesting game. He he won the toss and chose to um, receive, which I was really not hoping. I was hoping to receive, obviously. Corn relies on the first turn bash. Um, and, and yeah, but like, I just had a strong defense. He wasn't able to score in his half. Which was really unsurprising. Uh, really surprising. Sorry. Wow, that's impressive, man. Yeah, went to turn two, and then he got a blitz, <laughs> which kind of made my offense oh. fall apart a bit. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was really like wet flannel game as well. There was like very, there were no permanent injuries, very few casualties. That's that's good, as this is your first game exactly in the league. Yeah. But so I'm taking in that he didn't score for any casualties or anything. No, no. Um, I think we probably had like two aside overall. I think oh, so you got you got some SPP. Then what was uh, I did, what was the yeah. what was the final score? Was it? Uh, it was two nil. No, oh. one nil. Two nil. Must must have one nil. Surely. I think it was one nil because he managed to sneak the ball off of me and sneak a pass and score. It's a good play. So, but yeah. So we can we can blame the blitz role for that then. Yeah. In the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you you've lost the game, but you got some SPPs. Did you get any level ups? Uh, yeah, um, I leveled up one of my heralds, so he and a house guard, um, which will be really helpful. Guard with a frenzy team is priceless. Is, would yeah. you did you go because uh, you took um, 
Corn to Beachhead as well, didn't you? Yeah. So do you take a lot of guard or do you go a different route? Uh, t- I put guard on both the heralds. They're, ah, they've got a bit so tougher armour. Um, they have strength access by default, so that's why. So I it seems like them. a it seems like a logical conclusion with those guys. Yes. So yeah. the team's coming there, and of course, this was the beautifully painted corn uh, team that you took to Beachhead Bowl, which is now your league team, apparently. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna uh, they sort of kicked the zinch out. I was I just enjoy this team more. It's very you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nafne <laughs> blood blood type, you know. Blood type. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, and this was Ian's. Um, Tiger striped, saber tusk, sallies, or whatever they're called. Yeah, if you're on the Facebook community, the Bloodbog community, you've probably seen these. They were, um, they're very, very nicely painted. Yeah, and he earned his ogre by absolutely failing <laughs> uh, with Amazons at the Fobble Wobble Cup last year. Yeah. So he got a uh, being last place. He got the Windsor Jog ogre as a prize, and uh, yeah, he's painted up brilliantly, and he's built a team around it now, and that's now his league team. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're looking good. What about you? Any games? That was cool. I actually did get a regular game of Blood Bowl in at the club night this week, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, I wasn't... Was I massively prepared for it? I can't remember if I was or not, but ended up... I brought out the big boys now. I brought out the Neverbane Nightmares, my Skaven team. And um, I played against Ben... Ben G... Or Ben 3, uh, who has got the, the Norse team with the, peng- the Penguins. Yeah. Um, so it's such a cool team. Really, really, really well painted. And uh, I think they're sitting at like 13, 1300 now, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, he's so buffed up like, quite a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, so I was like, right, fine, I'll bring out the Skaven. They're 1400 and change. Like, I think he got a keg, um, maybe two kegs. No, I think it was just a keg. So I think it was about 80 TV difference in it because naturally with Skaven, you've got people out. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was really, really good game. I mean, Ben's a great, great coach. So it was always going to be tight. But um, I got I got real lucky. The game started off with a blitz. I kicked to him, and uh, it was a blitz. And Buzz Justice just ran in there. So Buzz Justice is my long-standing Skaven blitzer. He tends to die regularly, but he he's he is now a beast. He's a blitzer with mighty blow, claw, frenzy. And now he's got tackle. Jeez. Yeah, so he just he ran in there, and I got really, really lucky. Ben got very unlucky and killed a guy. Oh, um, no. Like, on, the, on the blitz, on the blitz, yeah. And then... Uh, oh, no. Yeah, it was a bit of a grind after that. And then on turn two, Buzz Justice killed another guy. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, which gave me a bit of an advantage. He's out and the then, uh, yeah, later in the game, he brutally killed another... Guy. I think it was one of the Ulfwarners. So he killed three? Well, he got apoed. This, yeah, he got apothecary, just a niggling ah, okay. injury. Okay. But yeah, he nearly got a, a hat trick of murders, which are the first people I've killed with the Skaven team. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, no. You should. My casualty difference on the Neverbay Nightmares is like minus 80 or something. It's <laughs> ridiculous over the course of like a bunch of games there. Well, yeah. They're not a bash team, really, are they? Not the way I play them. No. No. But I don't know. Now Buzz Justice, he he scored some punches. So yeah, he got in there, uh, and we ended up. It was it was two one in the end. I managed to pull oh, the score off first. Then I received on the second half, and I just went straight in for the one turn touchdown. Got that. So I went two 0 up just at the beginning of the second half, and then he pounded down the pitch, and I just basically tried to save my team and and sort of stalled, stalled, stalled just to keep it to that one. Uh, so I left it, let in my second touchdown of the season. Uh, yeah, 
Touchdowns four for all time for the Never Been Nightmares is 90 and touchdowns against is 50. But casualties four is 43 and casualties against is 83. So so I'm down. Yeah, I'm down at 40. And my kills, um, I'm killed differential of zero with two being killed and two being killed now by Buzz Justice. But I think you're top of the league, aren't you, with them? Yeah, they're four, four and zero oh now. Yeah, so which is chance of which is pretty good. Two well, things in a row as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I always seem to get to the playoffs with the Skaven and then just lose it. Last season, the only game I lost was the final. Uh, so yeah, great team, and I'm just terrified of my gutter runners dying. Um, Do you reckon you'll no. be streaming the uh, final again this year? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be doing some streaming trials in the next couple of weeks. Getting ready to see if we can stream any of Bonehead Bowl. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I think it'd be great fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was my game this time. I've got a few games in at Beachhead Bowl, which was really, really cool as well. But we'll, like you said, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But now I want to hear about your painting because I've seen it. And it's yeah. awesome. So I thought I'd get burnt out on Blood Bowl with the corn team, getting that ready for a tournament. As If anyone's painted for a tournament, they're probably in a similar boat. Um, but... Funnily enough, I just thought, you know, that's got me hyped for tournaments. And like you said, this level up bowling is coming in March. I thought, you know what, let's let's do another team. Let's do another team. I was considering taking high elves because I've already got them painted. But I thought, you know, yeah, I yeah. can't take corn because this, this tournament has uh, disallowed corn. But some some do. And um, yes, yeah, so I thought, you know, these pirates arrived in the post finally from Kickstarter. And they are really good models. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to try scaling. Honestly, man, I don't know. I think just opening the box would surely just inspire you to start painting them up straight away. Yeah. I, I saw I mean, a video from um, Goobertown Hobbies, who people have described as the blood, uh, no, the blood bowl, the uh, Bob Ross of miniature painting. And um, <laughs> yeah, he is really relaxing. Um, he did a video on painting yellow with a, I think he used like Chaos Warriors from Age of Sigma. And um, it's basically like a pink undercoat. Which and, is ridiculous. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think that. Or maybe someone with colour theory experience would, but I wouldn't have thought that. Oh, gosh, no. Um, yeah, so pink pink primer, and then white zenithal highlight, and then spray yellow ink over it, and it looks really good. It looks fantastic. Now, the downside is it does look awfully like a raincoat. <sighs> yeah, I <laughs> I did fix that. Um, so I, I was, I'm going to do their, all their like long pirate sort of trench coats in a in yellow and then the rest yeah. is sort of black and brown like Skaven um, no wicked like it looked so good I'm yeah. sure with a bit of weathering it will take that pristine thing but that that yellow effect is insanely good it's really clean yeah I, I, I doled it down with I spat on some mud and some you know agraxed it and it actually came out a lot better so it looks less like a raincoat now um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it's, it's such a good yellow method if you find painting yellow a ball lake and you happen to have an airbrush because you could probably do this with a brush you could probably brush on the ink uh, but yeah. it doesn't apply quite as neatly painting with ink is is weird they're very very thin and very translucent so how many coats did you have to do one just one S- seriously yeah just so that zenith, zenithal highlight of white over pink and then yellow yeah. ink it was it's three absolutely. applications it took about five minutes have you popped these pictures on the BBC yet? On the uh, I haven't. I want to get them based, and I might do a yeah. couple of them before I put cool, them. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, and, and we'll put them on. We'll chuck them out on the podcast because they look really, really, really good, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm very chuffed. So no, I've got. Good. I'm hyped to play Skaven. Um, we'll have to get have a to practice some, game in. Yeah, you have to coach me. They, they seem quite tricky. Uh, 
they're, they're cheeky. You've just got to be prepared to be cheeky yeah. with Skaven. And it's, uh, it's unfair, but great fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hobby-wise for me, the biggest thing I've been doing probably is other than setting up the YouTube room here, which I've got, they've got the green screens up now, which is wicked. I need to try and get the table tomorrow up there so we can start doing some filming. I need to do the table tomorrow because I need to do the SWTC update. But um, it's working on the uh, working on the Super Bowl Sevens rule set. So I've got the mm. template from last time. This is one. This is our Sevens tournament, five games, at one day, on the eighth of August. Again at Entoyment, and we had a great time last time. So it's just tweaking the rules. I think everybody's going to basically get one more skill um, because it's worked great for seven Super Series. The, the way the skills have worked on that has been great, great fun. So I kind of want people to have more skills to play with. It kind of creates that the Sevens team has a bit more character that way. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully it should be a bit more fun because we had Tier 1 teams with two skills last time. Okay. Which, you know, worked great. But I think three, everybody getting one more skill means that tier one get three skills, tier two get four, and tier three get five skills. It just means you can do more with your team. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've been brewing that up today, and uh, I'm kind of, I pre-ordered that big Yeti dude from Warcry this weekend. Oh, is that the Fomeroid? Yeah, yeah, the Fomeroid Crusher. It's only £21. So I ordered oh, that wow. from Entoyment. Uh, so yeah, with with postage, it's like twenty three fifty or something. So that'll be here next weekend, hopefully. Although I'll be in Birmingham, so that won't be a lot of use. But I'm looking uh, forward to seeing him uh, getting the size like in person because it's quite hard to gauge on the pictures. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a little bit too big for a forty, which means I might have accident I might have accidentally bought another giant. So <laughs> now nah, you make I'll, it work. You make it yeah, work. I was going to say I'm okay with it. Like it's it's perfectly perfectly fine. So yeah, looking forward to that mini. And um, that's probably everything for me for for hobby. I need to get brewing up this list for for beach uh, for uh, Bournemouth Bowl, the level up one. I, I just oh man, pro elves are so much fun. And eleven fifty, so uh, one million hundred and fifty, you do get a lot of stuff. You do, but but I don't know if wood elves wouldn't just be better um, because the way the skills are is that tier one gets six skills normals, and tier two gets six normal and a double. And I'm like, is a Wood Elf team with one less double skill worse than a Pro Elf team with an extra double skill? I can't, and you can't skill stack, so it's 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 tough, and definitely not being influenced by the fact that I've got seven Wood Elves already painted, which helps. <laughs> well, that's a big thing. Yeah, that's a very big thing. And you know, for eleven hundred, you can get for eleven fifty you can get some you can get a decent wood elf build. I'm thinking two wall dancers, a thrower, and maybe the tree, which was really popular with the World Cup builds. Yeah. You know, surprisingly. You well it goes on the line, you True. know, and in yeah. in Core Blood Bowl, that's one player to bring back. I don't know if it's worth two elves, but oh, I don't know. I'll have a think. Um Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I love the idea of pro elf throwing. Like great fun with the catchers. The catchers are amazing. But Yes they are. But Wood Elves are all feared for a reason. So I don't know. I don't know. We got like we got like six weeks. It'll be fine. We'll fig- I'll figure it out. <laughs> You'll paint it with the night before anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not even. Yeah, uh, I think I think I've got my team ready for uh, Stunty Cup. I'm working. Um, I'm I'm going to be late home on that Friday night before I go up to Birmingham on the Saturday. So I need to make sure I get my team ready uh, this week. Yeah, because that'll be a really good day. Oh crap! I need to send my team list in today. Oh no, tomorrow. It's fine. Yay. Don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Team lists are important to TOs. 
as I found out when we went and ran a 40-man tournament last weekend. Goodness. Uh, yeah. Talking of that tournament, Ben, have you got anything else you want to bring up? Uh, do I? Do you? Yeah, I don't know if you do. I think that's everything, isn't it? All right, brilliant. Well then, with my awkward segue, let's get talking about Beachhead. So as we've mentioned about 75 million times over the last few episodes, we had Beachhead Bowl coming up, which was our Blood Bowl tournament at the Beachhead 2020 Games Convention, which turned out to be a way bigger convention than I was expecting. So huge. I I didn't realise it was so massive. I didn't either. It was really funny because loads of the guys who came to the tournament were like, "Uh, yeah, I didn't realise there was all this going on as well. Yeah. I mean, you had a massive 40k tournament there as well, didn't you? And like AOS and... Massive 40k, there was some AOS, there was some Kings of War, there was a load of Warcry. Yeah. Um, I think there was a bit of Guild Ball as well, and that was just in the tournament hall. So for those of you gamers out there, think about Salute and then cut it in half. Okay, there was an absolute ton of traders, but there was also a second smaller hall. I say smaller, still still pretty big. Massive, yeah. Uh, full of tournament goers. Oh, there was a massive magic tournament as well, actually. Oh, really? Didn't see that? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't even see that because there's so much going on. Yeah. So, so um, Entoyment, uh, which is a really great games shop in Poole, put this together. So they put this together every year, and this year was their biggest yet, and it was massive. A two-dayer as, a, as, a, as an event, and they had a tournament hall, and they said, hey, would you like to run a Blood Bowl tournament? So... I have this problem where if someone says, would you like to run a Blood Bowl tournament and I'm free, I'm like, hey, yeah, that sounds great. So we agreed to run this tournament and we set it up and we got 32 spaces and we were thinking, yeah, that'd be great. Like, you know, all of our tournaments last year were kind of 14, 16 players. Maybe we'll get to 20. That'll be really, really cool. Uh, 32-man tournament and we ended up with 39 players subscribed. <laughs> which Somehow was really cool yeah well it was just got full and they were like would you like to sell more tickets and I was like yeah let's, let's get as many games as possible Brilliant. and we had yeah we had 39 players all in all um, unfortunately one uh, dropped out he couldn't make it um, uh, which was a bit of a shame but that's okay so we ended up with 38 at the event and that is that's a brilliant turnout that's huge I couldn't believe like I remember we were laying out the tables in the morning and it was just like Oh yeah, we've got that table and that table and that table and that table. <laughs> it just, it, it, just it, kept going. It felt like we had like a really sizable chunk of the hall. Yeah, like you walk into the tournament hall and yeah, all of these tables were ours. And the really funny thing is, we were like, "Oh, we're going to have loads of room for tables," and we used all of them. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> I mean, I had a big TO table with all the printers and a whole bunch of stuff that I really didn't. Well, I, tell, I, I think I always need it, but probably didn't. Um, but yeah, so Beachhead Bowl was a three-game Blood Bowl tournament and um, had a, a setting where it was in Albion, which was a what's well, my favourite Warhammer setting from the old world. It's this island that is 100% definitely not England in any way. <laughs> what, with the Isle uh, of Wights? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the Isle of Wights. So uh, we set it there. We had some weather stuff. We had some some factions that were a big at the point there, Trisez and... and dark emissaries yeah. and yeah the chap who couldn't make it was one of the guys from the one turn touchdown uh, podcast and um, one of them did make it and brought some uh, great little spot prizes for us to give away as well so big oh, shout lovely. out to one turn touchdown thank you so much for coming along and playing along it was great fun lovely to meet you um i just want to make sure i got that in there because i really appreciate that appreciated that thank you so yeah it was a, it was a three-day um 
a three-game day, and we had the registration start from nine. The reason we had it start from nine is because the games convention opened proper to the public at ten o'clock. So the way we thought, actually, people could come in, get signed up, and then go look around the convention hall. Like, go see what was going on, go make some purchases. Um, and then after our first game, we had an hour for lunch, so those people who didn't get a chance to look around the convention at sign-up could then go have a look around at lunch as well because there was so much going on. I didn't realise how much going on at this convention there would be. Mm, I was really grateful for that time, because I had a good look at a lot of things, like the has people playing Titanicus, but at oh actual 40k scale, the Titanicus. 40k scale Titanicus. And just having yeah. that like round the corner from your tournament was oh, just amazing. It's very distracting. <laughs> yeah, super distracting. Uh, I know you picked up one or two things, or was it just yeah. the one? Yeah, just a couple of things, just little things that I needed. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to go and buy things but that's okay that's yeah. okay i've been good so far this year focusing on blood bowl purchases only so yeah it was a three game day um team builds were 1100 and then each tier got a certain amount to spend on skills and stat increases so tier one was 100k tier two was 150 and tier three was 200 which led to some very interesting builds we also had a special star player called the fen beast which was basically a slightly faster troll slash tree yeah, it's basically a swamp troll um that was pretty cool uh, was. 10 people took him yeah which was more than i thought actually so a quarter of the teams took the fen beast which was wicked and then every team got to choose between joining the side of the truth sayers or the dark emissaries and that meant at the beginning of the half you rolled and on a four plus if you're a truth sayer you get a re-roll if you're a dark emissary on a four plus they lose a re-roll um most of the time it seemed to balance out though yeah it did it didn't it never really made a massive impact to the games, but it was just a nice bit of fluff that I, which yeah, I liked. Add, added a bit of flavour. Added yeah. a bit of flavour, and that's what I wanted. Um, as it as it worked out, the whole theme of the tournament was that this island had had a vote, and it was really, really close, and there were two main factions, so they decided to play a Blood Bowl tournament for the winner. And as it turns out, the Truthsayers came first, but the Dark Emissaries came six. Six of the top ten teams were Dark Emissaries. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. That island still hasn't decided what the best course of action to do. <laughs> Another shadowing. We'll yeah, do one and I will have to have to do one next year for the decider. So uh, yeah, thought we'd just talk about the recap. Thought about talk about what Beachhead was, and well, the idea was to get Ben um, and I to talk through with Milton or Ian to talk about how their games work. But unfortunately, they've both got the plague, um, which I'm hoping was not from Beachhead. So if you're out there listening, homesick with Beachhead flu, that's uh, that's entirely Milton's fault. <laughs> I think, I think anyway. Orient. Uh Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. It's more surreptitious. So, uh, <laughs> what we're going to do, Ben, if it's all right with you, is we're going to talk uh, through the races that were taken, the teams that were taken, 10 Fembies were taken, and then we're just going to talk through our rounds, if that's all right. Oh, so yeah. we can get get to grips with the teams, what, what, you know, what we went through. Then we'll touch on the standings and the winners, and then we'll talk on our thoughts on the build and the day itself. Let's go. So, okay, so of the teams, there was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 different races taken. So, 17 different taken teams taken, and we did allow all 26. Yep. So, there's only nine missing. That's not bad. Uh, top team was undead with five, and then we had four human teams, and this is awesome. We had three halfling teams. Yeah. Which was cool. Uh, three Necromantic, three Skaven. That's 
probably because I had to end up playing and I was like, I had to end up playing. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll just run my Skaven team. We had two Dark Elf, two Elf, two Goblins, representing the Stunties here, two Lizardmen, two Norse, two Ogres, more Stunty teams, two Orcs, and two Chaos Renegades, and then one each of Amazon, Chaos Dwarf, Corn, and Nurgle. So a pretty great spread of teams there. Yeah, really good spread. But what were we missing? I can't even pinpoint some. Genuinely, Wood Elves. Oh, yeah. How Can you believe it? Yeah. That Wood Elves? Dwarfs? High Elf? Uh, high, well, yeah, but no one takes High Elf. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Wood Elves, Dwarfs, High Elves, Bretonians, Slam, and then uh, Vampires. No, yeah. that, no Underworld either. But most of the core teams there are taken it's interesting to see no dark house and i wonder if that's because of the way we're build we're doing the builds to kind of incentivize the tier two tier three teams do we wood elves now, sorry. Uh, yeah sorry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because i know that's something that we talk about when we talk about the builds is you know you want to encourage the tier two and tier three so that you don't all get the same teams playing yes actually tick although undead were pretty favorable um we had do we have a necromantic yeah we had a few necromantic no kemri either yep but yeah, that's no okay kemri. Uh, but they did get Nurgle in there, which is pretty cool. Anyway, so um, the undead teams, the undead team ended up with two in the top ten, and Norse ended up with two in the top ten as well, which was pretty cool. So, and the tier breakdowns, which I also wanted to go through, tier one was forty-seven percent, so eighteen tier one teams, thirteen tier two, and seven stunty tier three teams, seven. which was wicked. I know, so I was so chuffed. The very first roster that was sent in was a halfling one with Rumble sheepskin. <laughs> I was like, yes, I love where this is headed. And then there was a halfling, another halfling team came in, and then there was an ogre team. I was wicked. It was so great good. to see all these stunties. There was a, a availability for stat increases, so actually having your Edge 4 Doomdiver was yeah. a genuine thing, or an Edge 4 Catcher, which I think we're going to talk about in your second, third game, Ben. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah there, there was a great split of races um and yes nearly half were tier one but that means that nearly that over half weren't and i'm really happy with that so good really really happy with that so let's move on to our matches so i've got the pairings here um and then at the end we'll do we'll do the coaches roll call because i think it's important so ben round one um but before we even get to that, why don't you talk us through your team? You were okay. running corn. Yeah, so mentioned this in a few episodes back, but to recap, um, yeah, I ran the Gribo corn team. The Alastoran, I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah, Alastoran, yeah. yeah. Or Alastoran, I'm not sure. Alas, yeah. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, I ran the Bloodthirster with two Heralds, uh, three Demons, and then the rest Pit Fighters. Um, with Mighty Blow on the Bloodthirster to do some damage, um, two Guard on the Heralds, and then I had Strip Ball Kick and Sure Hands as on three different Blood Letters. Oh, and Leader. Um, and yeah, it was re- really fun. The first round I played in the tournament was my first game playing Corn, so it was a bit <laughs> slow. Um, what a great learning experience. Yeah, up against humans. Uh, and yeah, I... To put it lightly, got made, you know, absolutely thrashed. <laughs> Did you get destroyed? Yeah, I. Uh, what was this? I think it was three 0 Let me see if I can find you. 
Uh, no, that's me. Ben Russell, yeah, three 0 So this was yeah. uh, oh, this was Charlie Anir. It was um, Charlie from yeah. Toyment. He's a regular tournament coach. Yeah, he's played well at our coaches in our in our tournaments before. The, the Omar Overlords. Yeah, he was using um, Cadians and Scions as like a sort of a wartime uh, themed human team. Well, uh, Omaha Beach. That's yeah. really really cool. Exactly. So quickly, let's take a look at his list. He took a Fen Beast. Good boy. And he had 12 regular guys. He had four blitzers, one catcher, one thrower, and a bunch of linemen. And he had block on a catcher. Part, uh, no upgrades on the thrower. Dodge guard, dauntless guard on the blitzers, and a couple of tackle linemen. Yeah. So the tackle um, didn't do much because I didn't have any dodge. So yeah, I already had kind of a skill advantage. But honestly, the Fen Beast in that game was probably what won it for him. Yeah, go Fen Beast. It really shut down my Thurster because he's strength six on the charge. But then when he has guard and he would frenzy into a position where my guard wouldn't be able to assist, it was really oh. hard to plan those frenzy blocks. And he just kept shutting down the Blitzer, really. Other than not the Blitzer, the Thurster. Now, you, you did beat him 3-1 on casualties. Yeah, I did do more damage overall. But again, humans are fast. They just kept sneaking by and scoring. Now, was that a catcher jobby or was it blitzers? Uh, I think it was actually mainly his blitzers, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah, that's a typical human strategy. Yeah. Hey, look at the fast guy over there. Well, I have the ball right here mm. with the blitzers. No, a slightly less fast guy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad you got to play against the Fen Beast very first. Were you a, were you a truth sir in the end? Or yeah, I was truth sir, and in this game, no rerolls granted. Although, Ooh. I don't think he ever took any of mine either. Can't oh, he was he was truth sayer as well. Oh, he was. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That would be yeah. why. So that's cool. So yeah, not a great start to the tournament for you then. No, it was um, it was rough, but it was a learning curve, and I learned a lot from just that one game. Three casualties are pretty decent though. Yeah, that was the th- oh no, there was a load of casualties around the around the tournament. That oh golly, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh wow. I'm just looking through the games here. So oh, first yeah. of all, if you go if you go to boneheadpodcast.com, look at tournaments, you can see all the rounds, all the standings, the roll of honor, everything. So for every tournament we do, if you're attending, you'll see live match updates, you'll see uh, live pairings, and you'll see table numbers as well. So you can always keep on with what's going on. Um, yeah, there's one team here, Norse Beach by Ollie Current, uh, who's running Norse and Boom. Nine casualties against uh, one of my favourite teams at the tournament, Thor, Andrew Spears. His uh, his ogre team made of old school Nurgle demons. Man, it was wicked. They were beautiful, weren't they? That was a very, 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 very good one. So yeah, there was some. Um, there was a lot of draws in the first round. Uh, yeah. There was also a, a couple of cheeky high-scoring ones. There was a four-two win uh, from David Jarzembalski with the elves. And a three-all draw between Matt Bachelor and Anthony Hayes there. Humans and, uh, I think, Undead, probably. Yeah, cool. Cool. It's good to see the first round. And Milton, who we will mention. Uh, Milton ended up playing in his Orcs again and took five lots of block on <laughs> on his build. Can't go wrong uh, with that. He pulled a Goblin team first round. I didn't realise that. That's why he won three two. <laughs> he won three two with five to two to casualties. Yeah. Oh, that's a close game against goblins. Yeah. That would have been tough. So me, I uh, so yeah, well we had one dropout, um, which took us down 
from 38 players to 37. So I popped in with my Skaven and um, thought, well, you know, I'll fill out the numbers. This will be fine. I normally, uh, at a tournament, use an app, an app, <laughs> use an application called Score, which runs on the PC. But where we were at the tournament hall, I'd not been there before. I assumed we'd have electricity. So I brought my printer and my, my, my laptop and everything, but didn't know if we'd have a plug, if we'd be allowed to use a plug because some convention centers and stuff charge you extra. Right. So I used the spreadsheet that we use because I can run it on my phone. So cool. I was like, it's fine. I can play the games and we can run it on the phone. So my team, which is not 39, which is what I thought was 38. So I took Skaven. I took two blitzers, uh, four runners, one thrower, one, two, three, four, five linemen, and a Fen Beast as well because I got the old school Fen Beast model. And it would have seemed silly if uh, I didn't use the Fen Beast. I didn't <laughs> use all the special rules in the, the tournament that I designed. Um, with two rerolls, I took leader on a thrower, guard on my second blitzer, and my first blitzer got mighty blow and claw. So I didn't use all my money for upgrades. I just went for something that I thought I'd have quite a good. I thought I'd have fun with. Um, and my first game was a real grind. It was a real tough game. Who were you up against? I was playing. Where was I? I think I was on table five. Here we go, yeah. I was playing uh, Mark Monk, or Baywatch, I think, on the NAF with his undead team. It ended in a one-all draw, so I kicked to him, and there was so many sacks. Like, I kept popping the ball out. He then put the ball out again. I really thought I was going to counter-score in that first half, but I think in the end we just went... The first half was just completely scoreless. Wow. Um, he just He destroyed me on casualty front, 3-0, which is fine. Um, I received second half, marched down, did the side cage. You, you can't stop my Skaven launch pad tactic most of the time and scored. And then he marched down and scored last turn to, to tie up. But it was a really close game. That first half was really defensive. It was, it was, it was lush. And Mark was a great opponent to play. Um, he's got loads of, loads of blood ball experience. So it was just wicked to play against this coach I'd never played against who had. He's done the NAF rounds, you know, he knew what he was doing, and it was a really good game. And I was really chuffed to come away with a draw. I was like, yeah, happy yeah, with this. It's good. Undead um, are a good team. Undead, yeah, it was really good. So he did really well, and that was a really tough game. Um, so, yeah, that was it for round one. I do want to mention Ian, Warhanam Hanum. He also played. He was on table one because I got his team and my team mixed up. I was like, right, I'll put myself on table one because then I'm next to my laptop and I can do the entries and then got my team number and his team number mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> so he was sat on my laptop while I was like down the road. Uh, he brought his Nurgle team and he lost his first game to Skaven, Dan Smith, and lost 1-0, but won 3-1 on casualties. So that was pretty good for him. Yeah, for um, Nurgle you don't expect a lot, so that's good. Yeah. So that was it for round one. Yeah, so Ben, who did you have round two? Uh, it was my turn to face Undead in round two. Yeah, That's I believe right. it was Jason. You got, yeah, Jason Mills, Undead. Yeah, so he's someone who plays in the uh, Musket Balls, uh, or played, yeah. That's right, yeah, Jason, yes, of course. Yeah, so he was a Southampton girl, um, and he was a lovely coach, really friendly, um, and I kind of learnt from round one and... Re- unexpectedly won this game. Um, casualty numbers from one side to the other. That's 3-4. That's, that's you lost the casualty war. Yeah. You still, still got three, though. Yeah. Was, yeah. I, uh, you know, I had a, <laughs> I had a good game. Um, it's It was a 2-0 win. Um, and the first round I received an 
I remember there was a point where I'd broken through his defence and I just had players at the end. I had my shorthand uh, bloodletter carrying the ball with a couple of pit fighters guarding him. And he was just like, you're going to be that guy. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> and they sat at the end for the entire half. They got down there for about turn four and then I just beat up his team with frenzy. Um, I did suffer quite a lot in doing so, but I was constantly putting pressure on his mummies. And I think actually, I, I mean, I had to delay it because I'm a slow team. I, I had to delay it. Um, yeah, you've got to go for the grind. You've got to go for the grind. Yeah, but I think so. it kind of helped him in a way almost because he was doing more damage overall. And he well, learned yeah, but, that. But if you're, in a, if you're in a position where you can trade a player for a turn, yeah, exactly. it's going to benefit you as the slower team. Well, yeah, I say the slower team. It's weird to think that corner a slower team than undead because the yeah, mummies are slow. They, they have the ghouls, <laughs> but, but ghouls are really fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he he did learn that the thirster was a massive threat to mummies. I think corn in terms of a matchup. I mean, I don't know too much about their stats, but I reckon they're pretty favourable against undead, purely because yeah. the bloodthirster just makes mince meat out of mummies. That's it. If you can. I mean, your Thurster had Mighty Blow, didn't he? So he, he did, Mighty yeah. Blow Claw. So you can position him to cruise missile and yeah. take out their big guys. If you win that big guy, if you win the Kaiju battle, if you Pacific Rim them, um, <laughs> you end up just being in such a strong position. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can take out uh, uh, hundreds of team value. And something and, I know, would say, though, is yeah. you would kind of really want Break Tackle on them. It was a game where I really wished I had Break Tackle. Oh, and it really? probably would have been better than Mighty Blow. Yeah, that was just because he, he learnt and kept tagging him with a zombie. And as soon as he was tagged with a zombie, he had to hit that zombie. Because he's only had one. Right. He's not dodging out of there. So well, if he had break tackle, he could then, you know, like say, cruise missile the mummy. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You win, you win the attrition war. We saw that in seven super series with the big guys off. Yeah. You take a big guy. I mean, obviously it matters more in sevens, but still a huge play so we'll take a quick look at Ian's Guff Valley Gardeners so this is Warhanam Hanam uh, he lost 1-0 to a goblin team uh, he played the Squig Sin City Bengals by Adam Whitehouse which Milton played in the first round so Ian's now 0-2 oh, nice. at this point bless his little heart and because it's only fair that we talk about Milton's team because he's at home poorly let's see where is he oh he was all the way on table 2 um and he lost to Wayne uh, Gimli 01 with his mighty misfits, the misfits, the renegade team. And yeah, that was a heck of a team. He, all three big guys and the Fen Beast. Wow. And okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And out, out muscled the Orcs. Really tough game. I was playing next door to them and it was a really, really good game. Uh, it was great to see. And I ended up playing our great friends, Ian and Josh. Oh, um, lovely. I didn't it was awesome. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't expecting to either, but obviously, you know, you do the Swiss pairing, and um, let's have a quick look at how they got on on their first round. They must have pulled a tie. Yeah, they drew. They drew one all against a halfling team. So then they went into round two, and they got stuck playing against me. <laughs> they had a really cool build. So for those of you who don't know, Ian and Josh... Um, are a pair of gamers. Josh is, or how old is Josh? Is he is seven, eight? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes along and uh, assists Ian running the, t- the tournaments, and it's, it's so great to see. He has a great time. He gets well into it, doesn't so, he? Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to see. So these guys brought the Broadstone Bullies, uh, which was a human team. They ran, oh yeah, 
interesting build. So they had the ogre, and they chucked block on him. Yeah, fair enough. They had three blitzers, two with guard, and one with edge four. Yeah. I think. Was I think. it edge four, or did he end up with dodge? I can't remember. Um, I edge four, I reckon. I think he went yeah. edge four. He did, yeah. And then he had a human thrower with leader, uh, a random lineman with tackle, and Griff Oberwald. Oh, good old Griff. Which is the first time I've ever played against Griff. Really? Yeah, and this is why uh, he's our star player of the episode, which we'll talk about later, because I was really impressed with him. But the really exciting thing is it, Ian and Josh, they always, they take, they're a great team. They are the Brick Farth and Grotty of <laughs> Blood Bowl coaches. And that's my favourite star player combo, so that's really good. And it's great to see. Josh is like, right, we'll go there, we'll kill him. Ian's like, well, should we put him there? It's, it's awesome to see this, this father-son combo working together. Um, but they decided to do it with no rerolls. That's <laughs> <laughs> classic. To fit, to fit all their players in. They had leader, all right, and they, but they also, I think, went dark emissary to try and okay. rob the other team of rerolls. And Griff was a machine. Really? I, I really want, I'm really keen to hear about this because I, like, I've never he, played against Griff either. They played, it was a Griff team, basically, and they played him really, really well. I think it was a yeah. It ended up being a three-two win to to the Skaven. I, I pulled it off, but it was I went and scored. Then they I couldn't stop Griff. And then I had to score again, and then they brought Griff back and scored another one. It was an awesome game, really quick shooting, um, and I pulled some Skaven horribleness off to to win. And there was one really great moment where there was a scrum on the left-hand side of the pitch, and they piled in a treat and. And I, I just, I looked at it and I was like, there's only one thing I can do here and it is really bad. And it, and it worked. Uh, <laughs> what did you do? I ended up, they, so it was a right scrum. My ball carrier was on the sideline. He was penned in. And what I had to do was run in with my guard piece, blitz a dude away to get a double dodge through their line into the end zone. <laughs> and, and it worked. Like it, it probably shouldn't have worked, but it was, it was a, it was a proper Skaven moment. Yeah, I was like, right. Very ratty. I can't. I can only see one way around this, and it involves three things going right. And I pulled it off, and you know, because that's what Skaven do. Yeah. So I ended up getting my getting my win against them, but that was a really close game. It was a really great fun game. I think it's the first time I've played Ian. Oh really? I think so. Yeah. He's um, he's but, very fun to play against. He's great, and even better with Josh there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Ian and Josh are great. Uh, yeah, Milton lost. Ian lost. You won, and I won. So it was a yeah. good. Good round, good round for Wobble. And then we go into the final round of the day. So, Ben, who did you get round three? <laughs> this is really funny. I had Joe, who we've talked about a lot on the podcast. This is Joe Solo. Joe he, Solo. He comes up with... I don't know how his mind works, <laughs> but I, I want some of it because he comes up with the wackiest of teams. He came to this tournament with the Halfling team based on pensioners. It was like unbelievable. Bournemouth retirement home, Bournemouth Bay retirement home. Coffin Dodgers. <laughs> what is his team? Every tournament and he's been to, he's come with this stupidly over the top but amazing display. He genuinely brought a boat one time. Yeah, he brought an entire boat, and it was not was, like a little like shipwreck. You know, you get for Age of Sigma. It was like <laughs> like a, it was scale a model, model boat. boat. It was about two foot long, and yeah. it was all nurgly, and he had his nurgle team. That was the tombstone where he brought <laughs> was, uh, yeah. nurgle demons. Yeah, oh, and that was the I last time you played him. I think I've played him in every tournament we've had. <laughs> oh, I this genuinely is funny. Think that. I don't think every there's been time, one we haven't. 
every time you play him, you yeah. end up. I end up catching you like five minutes later, just <laughs> staring into space somewhere, lost, like you've seen things. I'm not sure I've beaten him. <laughs> I don't think I have. I think I might have beaten him oh. at, at Blood. Uh, no, what was it? Uh, Bonehead. Bonehead Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he plays he plays really well with he some does. teams that should not play well. What's funny about this game is he messaged me after the, after the tournament. He messaged me on Facebook and said, "What you said on the podcast came true," and it's really correct because the preview episode we said, "I oh, will match corn against a tree man who get taken out turn one or something," and that's oh, yeah. exactly what happened. I went up against tree men. I blitzed his deep root because he took two tree man, two tree men, a deep root, and a fen beast, which was a nightmare. His list was brutal. He had a he once caged them all up with four players and had a twenty five strength cage. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw the picture of that in the group chat. Yeah, let me let me quickly quickly run through his team. So yeah, like you yeah. said, he had two trees, both with block, one with multiple block, which is interesting. He had an edge four catcher, a leader hefty. Oh, it's a good use of a single skill. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. Uh, a dirty player, hopeful, and a wrestle, hopeful, and a master chef. And I think he was running truth sayers as well with no reroll. So he was rolling four, he was rolling four dice and getting a reroll for every four plus each half. That is a very Joe way to play the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with, with Deep Root and Fembeast. So, uh, so that's, that's 24 strength of big guys right there. 24, 25 strength. It's insane. It was it was a nightmare. But yeah, I, tr- I tried to take down his deep root with my claw, Mighty Blow Thurster. Um, stunned him, annoyingly. And then <laughs> he blitzed my Bloodthurster and just killed him. Straight off the oh, bat. I remember seeing that. I think I walked past and yeah. you were there. Like It was just out on, game, on turn one. Turn or one. Failed the regen. Oh, which is a massive, massive blow for... for oh, the really ironic thing is last podcast we talked about. We did, The yeah. fact that that corn is all about the bloodthirster he is he fell oh. the whole team fell apart honestly it was so hard i've never had a more difficult game of blood bowl than against the halfling team um it was so, it was oh you got murdered man it was his halflings were just there like i he didn't need them he just had four big guys playing <laughs> the game for him did they, he did he did he end up throwing teammate or anything in the end i don't think he ever did no he, he never just had literally to. He, oh my goodness! He just he, smashed his way through. Yeah, he he marched on Isengard through you. Yeah, his multiple block tree man did a lot of damage. Oh, Joe! Oh, I'm so <laughs> like Ben. I adore you, and your team was awesome. But Joe, <laughs> yeah. oh, just representing Stunty team everywhere. That was a true Stunty team. Um, if you, he's definitely uploaded a few pictures on Facebook. So if you are on the community, do oh, a his search team for his fantastic. team. Fantastic. But yeah. talking about talking about Joe, there was a post I think today or yesterday, him saying, "Hey, I'll be always build these crazy teams." He's looking at a Simeon team next. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, they don't really count, I think, for teams. But I, you know, might yeah, interesting. We can probably work one into a tournament at some point, can we? I think I think probably I think probably, especially if Joe's building one because that's yeah. just awesome. <laughs> so yeah, you ended up getting uh, getting a two 0 defeat. Just, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I imagine you, you you can't even get the cheeky blocks against the halflings because they've got dodge. No, exactly. Yeah, and I I had very few skills on my players, like offensive skills. Yeah, so you can't so, even so even the cheeky two die blocks. You're only working, you know, ah, you know, what is it five five plus basically? And yes, yeah, risky, risky I, yeah. against halflings. I couldn't reach them. Couldn't break through the trees. I had no dodge. It was yeah. Oh, absolutely crazy. Yeah. 
absolutely crazy, Ben. So uh, Milton got paired up with Chris, uh, his Necromaniacs team, which was Necromantic, and he won 2 0. Uh, out casualty in 2 1. And then let's check in on Ian and Josh, who ended up playing against uh, Charlotte's Necromantic team, and they won 2 0 as well. Oh, brilliant! So yeah, so they did. They did. Really, they did really, really well. Um, so it got to the last round, and I'm going to be very honest. Running a, a 38-man tournament while playing games because you had to drop out, and unfortunately, Rich uh, was supposed to be coming along and helping, but he had a he had a he had a someone someone close to him pass away. Unfortunately, so he yeah. he couldn't make it, which was absolutely brutal, um, you know, for him, um, and it meant that you know. Uh, we were another person down essentially. So uh, Ian very kindly was like, "Look, I've um, <clears throat> I've gone zero and two. I'm happy to mooch around, look at the look at the show, and, and, and drop out if you want to drop out and just to this round." So uh, we both dropped out, uh, so we could put together all the scores and the prizes because I wanted to make sure that we finished the tournament on time and moved away. So I stepped out, so I didn't play my third game, which is absolutely fine. Yeah, big thanks mm. to Ian for for helping out. Yeah, he, he, you know, it was a solid, solid saving the, it saved me, let me tell you that, (laughs) and made sure that we could get all the prizes and stuff. So Games Workshop actually did hook us up with some prizes. So we've done Milton, we've done that, so we didn't play. So yes, those were the rounds for us, and I think it's time that we talked about the final standings. Yeah, let's do it. So again, these are all available on our website, but the final standings for the day... We ended up with the three and O, two three and O teams. So Wayne with his Renegades and Dan Smith with his Skaven, and there was two points in it. Oh, so close, so 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 close. So Wayne ended up coming at one hundred and four points, basically I think due to the extra casualties that he yeah. was murdering face with, and I went three and O, six touchdowns to two, ten casualties to six, one hundred and four points, and won the day. With Chaos Pact, which I probably never would have guessed. No, no, I would never have put money on that. No, so that was awesome to see, and he was going all in with all the big guys. So he took all three and the Fen Beast and just murdered his way to victory. Do you reckon the Fen Beast has something to do with it? I feel like having a fourth big guy. I mean, that's what Milton said. He was like, because Milton played him in round two, and he was like, he was like, it kind of felt like when I was at Bonehead Bowl playing against people with all these big guys. Yeah, he was like, he just had that strength. He was like, yeah, the movement was rubbish, but he could outbash me. And then, uh, it, it's all about the goblin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the, on on the Renegades. So he pulled it off. We had Dan come second with Skaven at 102 points. So so close. Um, he won the touchdowns with eight to two uh, on the day. We had Steve come in third place with Dark Elves with two wins and a draw. We had Byron with Undead, two wins and a draw. Peter with Norse and David with Elf, all going uh, two wins and a draw. So that's Renegade, Skaven, Dark Elf, Undead, Norse and Elf in the top six. And then number seven was our friend Joe Solo going two wins and a loss with Halflings. Seven out of 38 with Halflings is pretty good going. <laughs> absolutely brilliant so he came seventh spot with a stunty t which is awesome uh four four to two to touchdowns all right that's fine 13 to four for casualties <laughs> should we mention the other stat the other outlier or should we come to that in a bit oh we'll come to that in a minute okay. yeah joe had a very busy day uh then we had ollie current and i just want to give a little shout out to ollie so ollie and his partner um 
Charlotte brought their their little daughter and their, and their boy actually, and uh, Ruby who actually played. Um, she came along. I think she was only seven, seven, eight years old. She brought her Amazon team, uh, so we made sure that they sat with the family and she played. And she she played really, really, really well, um, which was which was really cool to see. A nice family really environment. Yeah. yeah, really cool. It is tough when you allow young players in because it can it can affect how other coaches play against them. Um, so, but she she helped, represented herself brilliantly. So it was wonderful to see that. Wish I had family days out like that as a kid. Yeah. Oh God, can you imagine how great would that be? Well, it yeah. turns it turns out that Ollie and Charlotte, when they first started dating, they went to blood bowl tournaments together. Really? Yeah, and oh, now so they've sweet. got their family into it, which is really cool. So yeah, um, I, mean, I might need to have a word with Tiff about that. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Ollie, about blood bowl yeah. <laughs> hey, that sounds great to me. Um, so Ollie came eight with his Norse, and then Milton, friend and wobbler. Milton came ninth overall. Really good. Uh, both those guys going two and oh, two and one. Uh, Justin came in tenth with Undead. Dan Maskell came in eleventh with Dark Elf. David Lyons with Undead and Al with Skaven all going two and one. Uh, Ollie actually uh, scored our top casualties with fifteen on the day with his Norse team, mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty good effort. Really good. And then we've got Robin who went one win, two losses with Renegades, Travis with Goblins, one and two, and I think he's coming to uh, Bournemouth, actually. Oh, and brilliant. he's bringing Goblins again, which is very cool. Uh, we had Rob, we went one, one and one with Chaos Dwarf, Logan Creedy, regular tournament goer. Um, went one, one and one with Lizardman, so 17th out of 38, which is a pretty decent place to be. And then we've got uh, another, we've got an Ogre player here, uh, Andrew Thor, Andy Thor, who took the big Nurgle Demon Ogre team, he had an awful first game. Like I looked over and it was just all going bad. I've never seen so many ogres in the casualty oh, box. No. But he took it like a champ. It was brilliant to see. Uh, then we've got three human teams from Matt, Ian Triplo, and Josh, and Stephen. It all went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Uh, Then we've got me coming in 22nd with uh, one win and one draw. So Ian, Ian and Josh, you, you beat me on the points uh, Chris with Necromantic one and two Jason with Undead who I think you played Ben one and two yeah. Drew Drew Creedy with his Ogre team in, insane and yeah, I think we'll, we'll, to that. we'll bounce back to that one in a minute yeah. uh, then we had some guy called Blood Tithe who came in 26th spot with one and two yeah yeah, no, not bad though. I mean, not to be bad. fair, first, first outing, yeah, first yeah. team we caught on, first game we caught on, yeah. And then we got the Squig Sin Bengals, uh, the Squig Sin City Bengals, Adams Goblin team coming in just underneath, and then Charlie's Omaha Overlord Human team, Nick Lockhart's Orcs, uh, Mikey's Lizardman, uh, then we had Wayne with his Halflings, Mark with his Undead, Andrew with his Halflings. We add Anthony with his Rise and Wanderers, the Necromantic team, and had the uh, wrong game award uh, there by letting in eight eight touchdowns. <laughs> then we had uh, Charlotte with the uh, Necromantic team, Chris with the Elf team, Ian, bless his heart, Warhanam Hanam with Nurgle, going 0 and 2, and then Ruby, the youngest player I think I've ever seen play solo at a Blood Bowl tournament. Uh, coming in with Amazons, scoring both uh, the participation prize for the least points and the chocolate armor award, with eighteen casualties suffered. 
it's great to see see her walk away with something though oh yeah so we'll, we'll go through the role of honor here now yeah. so beachhead bowl champion was wayne with his renegades uh fan favorite was mikey orchard who i think was one of the guys who came from the isle of white which was pretty cool and then the best team so the best team award is always contentious it's always uh, it's many things to many people so I made sure that with the with the scoring which was all voted for by participants that they understood that it was the team they thought was the best the coolest whatever it meant to them best fluff best paint job best stand best costume whatever and um it was a bit of a landslide with drew's beach themed ogres they're so good again this is one if you want to get some pictures go on facebook because it's worth it um he really embraced the theme for this and put in a lot of effort. Some some hand sculpting with some like scuba bits. The the team display was really simple and really elegantly executed. So Drew good. Drew Drew has made some great efforts in our tournaments in the past. He made a pitch, uh, he sculpted his own models, he's just done some awesome stuff and it was great to see him win the prize because it, it was beautifully, beautifully done. But we had some other great, great teams as well. Uh, you know, I've mentioned the Nurgle team and Joe's insanely complicated old person home with the two <laughs> giant orderlies and things. A bag <laughs> of words the originals to go with them. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. Your corn team was pretty tasty too, as was Ian's. Uh, yeah, Nurgle. Ian's Nurgle, beautiful. There's some great teams out there. Um, uh, yep, so the participation prize went to Ruby with her Amazons. Uh, the Stunty Cup went to Joe, going to seventh place. Highest scoring team was. Dan with his Skaven scoring eight touchdowns to two. Most violent was Ollie with his Norse at 15 to 11, so he paid for it, but he still scored the most casualties. The Spike Air Award was the most completions, which went to Chris. And the RG White Sack Award, which is the most recorded sacks, also went to Chris with Crow Spike Fury Elf Team. Uh, dirty Player. This was ridiculous, Ben. <laughs> this was, There's a bit of a story uh, to this, isn't there? Uh, just yes yes there was so we're looking at uh i'm looking at my data entry so we have one game and then we broke for lunch so everyone could go off and actually what it meant is if the game over ran we had a bit of spare time and we could run through all the figures and stuff and uh i'm looking at the figures i think in round two and i start worrying because i'm looking at the fouls and the fouls for one player up up in up in the 14s i'm like oh no what have i done like, what have I done? I've entered something wrong here. So then I go through all of the match slips and find out that, no, it was absolutely bang on. Joe, our halfling friend, had, what was it, nine fouls in the first game? <laughs> yeah. And so there's me. I had a genuine panic. I was like, oh, no, I've entered something wrong here. I've got to go through 20 match slips to try and find out. And uh, boom, no, he, he, he legitimately popped up that many fouls first time round. And he ended it with 22 fouls on the day. It's ridiculous. Uh, the so, next closest yeah. was 15. It's <laughs> a landslide. Right, and completions uh, got 20. Wow, really? It's the Spike Air Award? Yep, it was 20 completions 20. recorded. 20? Yeah. So some players went all out to do some specific things there. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> worth it. That's, all those, that's what those prizes are there for. That's it. Boom, I'm going to play elves. I'm going to play some catches. I'm going to go for sacks. Yeah, it was wicked. Uh, then we had the wrong game award, which was Anthony, like I said, letting eight touchdowns to three. Chocolate arm is Ruby, suffering 18 casualties. Um, and yeah, a couple of best team mentions was the uh, 
from the, the six in Aki Plague Balls, which was the Ogre Nurgle team, really, and Joe's Halflings, the Bournemouth Bay Retirement Home Coffin Dodgers. So, was pretty cool, man. Yeah, what a day. I, I really enjoyed this. It was so good to see so many people. I'm so happy with the amount of effort that people put in, and just the turnout was awesome. So good. Yeah. So we've got a couple of after things to talk about, Ben, and this is what I want your opinion on. So yes. the build. The build was a little bit more detailed than we normally do. We normally say, hey, here's this much to spend, and then you can have this amount of skills. So, you know, four regulars and one double. Uh, we, we limit it like that. This time around, it was you've got X amount of money you can spend on player upgrades, and they can be stacked. So you could have taken a Wood Elf team with two strength upgrades. That would have been everything. But, you know, it gave that build depth. And obviously, we introduced the Ven Beast as well. What did you think to the build for this tournament? I, I really liked it, honestly. I think it was very sort of sandboxy. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was very much sort of here's your cash, do what you want with it. Come up with something crazy. Here's a Fen Beast if you really want them. And I really tried to get the Fen Beast in. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. I, I really liked making this. I definitely had multiple revisions of a team. Because oh, you just so had many, so many, so different many teams. Yeah. So it's a really good way to play with something you might not normally do. Especially uh, with so the fat ups. And it especially gave like stunty teams a chance where they could take that Edge 14 Diver or Catcher or something like that. That was what I was really excited to get. So I love tier three. I think they're fun. It's just absolute nonsense. You know, you're not really playing to win, you're playing to you're playing for the upsets. Whether it's to foul the heck out of people, to pull some surprise wins, or you know, or just absolutely dominate somehow, like like Joe pulled off. But in our top ten, we had eight different teams. So, uh, what did we have? You know, we had uh, two undead teams, a halfling team, a skaven team, a dark elf team, an elf team, a Norse team, an orc team, and a renegade team. So we ended up with uh, one tier three, and then one a tier two won it. Yeah. No. Yeah, one, two tier two teams. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's kind of what you expect to see, but I'm really pleased that the build allowed so many different teams to be made. And the great thing is that I, I from looking through the teams, there were very few that were the same. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Like, there were a few like, human teams, but I think all were pretty different. Oh, that was, you know, we had the Griff build for humans. Exactly. We had um, one guy, I think it was Steven took humans and went with a Hail Mary pass thrower and a couple of catches with diving tackle uh, wow. diving catch I know and it played off it paid off for him I was like this is awesome man that like, is good yeah I mean I think you're playing I think you mean to be playing pro elves but that's absolutely <laughs> fine and it pulled it off and it was really wicked to see uh, so I, I'm really pleased with the build um, I, I do I wonder sorry yeah. I do I do wonder because we had the Renegade team winning it I do wonder if the build has something to do with it because it's a more open build and Renegades are probably the most versatile team in terms of skills access I, th I think you're right and when you build a league team you end up not being able to take everything you want yeah ha having that extra money i mean the the fen beast would have meant that he had to drop some positionals but four big guys but they're all pretty it, cheap as well yeah is a pretty effective strategy yeah but you know what i am on board if your if your winning strategy has two really stupids a bonehead and a wild animal and that's what you have to use to win yeah i think that's great i think i think that's great i'm very very happy with that definitely 
Yeah, that's cool. So yeah, I was a big fan of the build and um, actually most of the feedback, if not all of the feedback has come back saying, yep, TV and skills are about right. So um, I'm happy with that. I don't think I'd want to change much going into next year when we do this again. No, I think... Uh, Fen, the Fen Beast might need to go up in money, maybe? Maybe a little bit. I, he maybe a, a he little felt bit. very good. <laughs> yeah. He's I'm a fast no. tree man, kind of, really. Fast yeah, I might need, to, might need to drop him up in cost. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's quite cool. Uh, so the rules. So we had a couple of special rules. We had the Truth Sayer and the Dark MS3 as agents. Um, they added a bit of flavour, but overall didn't make a huge impact, which I, I think I'm really happy with. I, I agree. I, I think it would maybe rub some players the wrong way if a rule in the tournament dictated a game. But it was just enough where you could... It, it was basically just like an extra kickoff result, really. That's kind, kind of how of. it felt. Kind of, yeah. And talking of kickoff results, obviously we had staggering wins, which was uh, on the roll of a seven, both coaches roll a D8, and you move all the players both directions at once. Oh, yeah, I need to give a shout. I can't remember who it was, but um, they warned me in my game for I was setting up on two... Um, in the in defense, and uh, it was one turn left. It was against I think the undead. Yeah, and um, I put all my players on the back line, and the coach next to me said, "You might not want to do that because if it result if you get a seven, and it's in both directions, um, you'll regret that. <laughs> <laughs> like if it blows you back off the line." I yeah. said, "Oh, thanks for reminding me," and I positioned it, and then we got that result. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I uh, yeah, so from get, some get, some getting some feedback about the rules. What, what did you think to that kickoff result? Uh, I, I thought it was really good. I mean, we had something similar in Sewer Bowl Sevens. Um, to recap, yeah. just just cause have we gone over it? Yeah, yeah. So Sewer Bowl Sevens was uh, they had flush floods, which was uh, on the roll of a seven. Basically, loads of sewage just floods the pitch and knocks your players around. So you roll a d8 for each player and move it in that direction. So yeah. we thought, actually, we want to get that vibe, but actually it's big winds that are just blowing it, a whole pitch. Um, I liked it. I thought it might be a bit much. And I think going into next year, it will probably get toned down slightly. So uh, I think, yeah, know. I think it's too easy to forget and have your players really punished from it. Yeah. So I think either uh, just a single D8. I think so. And, I think the flash floods was great. That. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's the single uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, somebody put... Um, uh, so after a tournament, always put a post out saying, hey, there's a little feedback form, let us know what you thought was good. And one coach, I think it was Wayne actually, did flag up and said, uh, maybe do something different with the win and just literally have it facing, you know, uh, uh, one direction each half and swap it round at half time and, and just have the wind going one direction, have it have a fixed effect like the stadiums, which might be a bit a bit more simple. So definitely something to think about. Fortunately, it didn't ruin anyone's day that I heard of. Anyway, I tried my best to speak to those of the coaches, but there was a load there. So if you're out there and you came to the tournament and it did ruin your day, then do let me know because that's not fun. That's not what we want. We want to add flavour and we want the, the winds to hit you because actually anyone who's played any kind of sport in England outside... And the wind absolutely hammered you. I mean, we're going through, what was it, Storm Dennis at the yeah, moment? Yeah, the second of two storms in a yeah, two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's pretty blustery. You know, you get your hair gets ruffled when you're outside. It's, it's very bad. It's very British. The Daily Mail is going crazy. Yeah, it's just, uh, a, bit, just a bit of rain and wind, but it's basically yeah. the end of the world. It's a storm. Yeah. yeah. Dennis Quaid's running around telling everyone it's the end of times. It's pretty, pretty, <laughs> yeah. There are wolves and everything now. But yeah, so, yeah, that's it's. We didn't want it to be overpowering, so I might need to tone it down a bit just so it's a bit easier to remember. Um, cool. So 
things we learn that can do better this the, the next year. Ben, from talking to the guys and from seeing the feedback and just from yourself, what do you think we can do better next year? Um, I, it's always hard to say. I I had such a great time. I don't think there could be anything better. Um, I don't know. I think maybe the Fen Beast was a bit much, in my opinion. Um, yeah. A little yeah. bit much, but I remember we had that discussion as well, saying, is he going to be a bit much? And I think we actually buffed him, so... I think I encouraged you to buff him, so that's probably my fault. <laughs> I got Ben Abel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he might have been strength five originally, and we're like, actually, let's make him interesting. Yeah. Uh, one bit of really, really great feedback I got from a bunch of different people was uh, at lunchtime, make sure everyone knows to display their teams so you can... Oh, yeah. so the coaches can look at them so they can vote for best team or the people who want to go for it, you know, can come and put it on the TO table at lunchtime and then everyone can come around at lunch and have a look. Yeah, um, I think that's a good such, such a great, such a great shout. Should have done that. It was chaotic on the day. I regret not doing it because actually that would have given a, a better opportunity for people to see all the great effort that went into the teams. Yeah, um, I remember I did get a good chance to look at a few of them, which I wish I had hmm. done. So there could have been a really, a few absolute diamond teams that we just missed the opportunity to see. So yeah, definitely something we'll learn from um, next time. And uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the main takeaway. There's a couple of rules to tweak or tone down ever so slightly, but fortunately there were no riots and, you know, over a hundred games of Blood Bowl were played. And I think the majority of people had a really good time. I think so too. Yeah. Which is wicked. So if you're out there and you listen, you, you came along, thank you so much. Uh, it's the biggest tournament we've ever had, and so far this year, it's the biggest in the SWTC, which is pretty cool. Um, had the Welsh Championships, 30 coaches, and we got 38. So I'm sure that will get smashed sooner or later, but still, it's great. Absolutely brilliant. Really, really happy with that. And uh, yeah, Ben, thank you so much for coming along and playing. Thanks for hosting. Great organisation. Oh, it was great. It was great. Right. So it's been a little while since we've talked nonsense made up rules and just talking about Blood Bowl and the theme and actually what we can do with the game. So we're going to talk about cheating legally in Blood Bowl. Now the reason for this is I was at Beachhead and um, Al, lunch money, came over from the NAF to, to sign up some players, which was awesome. So thank you Al for coming along and, and signing up guys to the NAF. Really helpful. Um, he was talking about, uh, while he was there, uh, the guy I was playing against tried to move... So he stood up a guy and forgot to turn him round and then went back to move him later. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that guy stood up. And he's like, oh, no, he did. And Al bopped in and said, you know, back in the olden days, this was encouraged. Like you were encouraged to not necessarily cheat, but take advantage of your players for them not noticing things. He's like, that's how legal proce- illegal procedures and stuff. Oh, that's how it yeah. came in. You used to have to catch them out. And while I don't think that's a good thing in any way, shape or form to encourage people to do, because actually it's, it creates a bit of a bad feeling. It's interesting if that's what we want to do. Actually, it got me thinking about the the, the spirit of Blood Bowl in the fluff. Um, have you ever read any of the novels, Ben? I haven't, but it's really on the to-do list because they sound hilarious. They are such good fun and they do a great job of, of landing you in the Blood Bowl universe. And yes, cheating, as we know, because there's fouling, there's secret weapons already in the fluff, is something that we could probably do with looking into to see if there's a, a something we can add to the game or add an element to the game. So what I think we should do is just chat about a couple of ideas how we can get some cheating rules into Blood Bowl. Okay. So one of the first ones, which I think is the the 
biggest, easiest opportunity is sneaking extra players onto the pitch. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I used to do this unintentionally when I started Goblins. <laughs> I remember playing against James and he'd be like, have you got 14 players on the pitch? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> Whoops. Well, first of all, it's really easy to do. But secondly, it, it's, I, think, I think there's loads of ways to do it. One is actually, if you set them up and your opponent doesn't twig, it's fair game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, you mentioned it before. It's always one of those things. It's it, A legal procedure is, was a thing. It is a thing, but no one uses it. Like it's it's never used in tournaments or leagues, really. Yeah, like you say, it just feels bad. Like imagine if someone just like had had those players, and then you notice like two turns in they had an extra player, and then you say to them, "Have you got an extra player?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, but you didn't notice it." It's like those like <laughs> it's like a gotcha mechanic, which yeah, I'm which, always kind of against in games. There's already loads of rules ongoing at any moment. Yeah. Um, more hidden rules is probably a bad idea. Uh, we had this happen at a tournament, actually. Someone ended up, it was like turn four, and they had 12 players on. Not a beachhead, this is one of the other ones. And they were like, what What do we do? What do we do? And I was like, well, just one randomly gets sent off. I think it's probably the fairest way to do it yeah. at that point. But I don't know, I quite like the mechanic. Right, well, let's, let's talk about this then. Okay, so Ben, you, you're the commissioner of, okay. uh, of a tournament, whatever. You've got a situation where someone uh, someone ends up with twelve players on a pitch, and their opponent's like, "You've got twelve players. What do you? What, how do you correct that game state?" Hmm. I think I think a random send off is a good shout, or throw a rock maybe. Oh, <laughs> that's actually quite a clever way around it as well. Um, yeah, the random way felt the kind of fairest, but I wouldn't really have a problem if you agreed it at the beginning of a day or anything, just saying, actually, as a standing rule, if you've got more players on a pitch and it goes live, so someone takes a turn, your opponent picks a guy to get sent off. That's the important thing, is agreeing beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge... I believe in front-loading, like, as part of my job and everything is you make an agreement with people and then it takes yeah. all the emotion out of it later exactly um, it's the whole point of a contract isn't it you know you well, have this agreement exactly. and yeah uh, so I do kind of I like the the random one I think that's fair enough although it does kind of incentivize goblins ogres and things like that to, to use that rule to their advantage because there's a higher percentage chance of a goblin or a snotling being sent off and it having very minimal impact whereas yeah. Which which is why I kind of was like, let's just randomise it. It seems fair enough. But, uh, no, go go for it. So I, I was just going to say, um, you've also got that thing where if a player is sent off, you know, do you... Or I'm thinking like, a, you mentioned goblins, I was thinking secret weapons, you know. If they get sent off, who... Should it be the other player to determine if they should be sent off? You know, at the end of a drive, should they be the ones to say, now your goblin player gets sent... Or now your fanatic gets sent off? You know, that's another. That's another, we can we can come into that in a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's like could yeah, you whether, then, whether could you legally to... cheat them back on the pitch? And you, as if you you know <laughs> don't remember that they get sent off the end of a drive, should that be your other player's responsibility? Oh, I like that as well. That's definitely something that would be very 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 blood bowly. Yeah. Um, but I think we've talked about this on the podcast. I think it came from the river city dungeon bowl rules for dungeon bowl sevens is sneaking extra players onto the pitch they handed the rule which is just on a two plus you can bring in one extra guy every turn okay um, 
kind of tie into the dungeon ball rules of teleporting someone in. But actually, I think we were talking through it, and it seemed like a really, a really interesting rule to have in regular Blood Bowl. But instead of just a two plus, you have to roll over the player's strength to get them on the pitch. Yeah, I remember you discussing this. Um, oh no, no, that's that's different, isn't it? In the Stunty Bowl, didn't they have like a seven plus on the? Sorry, I'm thinking. Oh, that. that's that's for that's for secret weapon. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I'm thinking that. That's for that's for secret weapon. No, this would be like right. You're playing whatever team, whatever team you're running. So say you're you know you've got your corn. Did you have twelve players or did you run thirteen? Twelve, thirteen, eleven, uh, twelve. I think. Yeah, twelve. So there you go. So you could try and bring your extra player on. What you had to do is roll over their strength to get them on the pitch to sneak them on without the referee noticing. That is interesting. So it'd be easy for an ogre team to just keep bringing on runs. Because two plus, they come on in their end zone. You can just run away with them straight away. But you keep a minotaur or an ogre in reserve. You need to roll that natural six for them to be able to sneak on past the referee. Yeah, and then you don't have that. Like, I mean, if both players can do that, yeah, it kind of you just kind of like yeah. filter on extra players, like a like a tower defense game. <laughs> Could that be like a stadium rule, perhaps? Oh, that's a really clever idea. Like you have like yeah. untrained ref or something like that as a stadium upgrade. Like that would be really rest. cool. Yeah, you can just yeah. start bringing... Because I was thinking about this on the drive home, and I was like, it would be actually really interesting. And, right, I'm going to set the scene. The ball's in your half. Um, they've blitzed your ball carrier. It's sitting on the pitch. You've now got the turn back. They're about to score. You've got a Black Orc or a Blitzer or, I don't know, someone on the bench. You can risk bringing them on and having them sent off to jump in on your end zone and make that massive blitz play. And I can picture it. I can see it happening in a game. Like, oh, man, they're going to score. You, get on the pitch. Stop stop the goal. Just stop stop the score. And then just running onto the pitch, taking out a guy, and then probably getting sent off. But That it, sounds fun. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds really blood bowly. And then, you know, right, we're going to sneak a load of goblins in. Uh, just over the game, <laughs> over the course of the game, <laughs> or you know they're just going to keep coming on, keep going on, keep going on, and or you know you just got that guy in reserve and he just runs off onto the pitch and just fouls somebody who's they've fallen down near your end zone or something. <laughs> just you chuck them on. I just I really like that as a as just a really as like a it's a really narrative. Yeah, I think that's probably one of my one of my favourite ideas for for legally cheating in Blood Bowl is having that on your turn you roll over their strength you can put the guy in the end zone it can activate as normal uh, I haven't quite figured out if they get sent off if you don't make the roll or if they just get put I reckon that could be a quite a fair balance thing if you don't fall because it's quite strong yeah yeah it is it is pretty strong so whether they get sent off or put in the KO box I don't know yeah because uh, you get that element of maybe they'll come Beaten back beaten up by the rival crowd <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. Um, so uh, let's have a look at the list of other stuff oh yeah this one so if you're in any way uh, familiar with the NFL you'll know that there was a, a deflating ball scandal a couple of years ago um, <laughs> I where the, oh yeah no where the New England Patriots it, it's, it's actually done quite unfairly I think their balls were slightly underflated which meant that they were easier to catch and it was like a bad weather game and because of that, randomly, Tom Brady got um, suspended at the beginning of the next season for like six games or something. It, it didn't make oh, a lot wow. of sense to me. But it did give me an idea that actually we have uh, Blood Bowl ball rules, don't we? Actually, it would be quite cool for you to be able to choose to, to cheat and say, yeah, I'm going to 
when I kick off or when you know you kick off to me or whatever, I'm going to use an overinflated or a deflated ball, which could literally be deflated is plus one to catch, and overinflated is plus one to pass, and or mm. vice versa or something to just give you that element of. Okay, I've got Kemri. I'm going to use a deflated ball, which is basically plus one to catch and pickups. All right, that works really well for me. It gives me that advantage. Yeah. Um, but it's minus one to passing attempts. Well, actually, I'm not going to worry about that. For this drive, I'm just going to use a deflated ball. And then um, at the end of the drive, uh, one of my players gets randomly sent off. I think that sounds, that sounds pretty fair to me. And I think these kind of these kind of things they tie in really nicely with the stunty teams, with the teams that are likely to cheat, or, or with the teams that need to cheat to get an advantage. But I mean, you mentioned these like ball rules, though. But how many people use ball rules? I think it's just James from our league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has a whole team based on that New England Patriot. <laughs> yeah. He's got the New England the Patriots, doesn't he? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think in, I think in all of Blood Bowl, James is the only one who uses the ball rules. Okay, um, because they are quite complicated. But I think if you put them in a, in a competitive environment and uh, you were allowed to choose it as a menu, as a tactic, or it's just something you're going to do in a game. I mean, I talked about this a, f- a few episodes ago about a different way to use your rerolls to burn a reroll to get an extra blitz to just have something special happen. And this is another one where it's kind of like it fits in Blood Bowl. Actually, we've got a Kemri team. They're going to make their balls as saggy as possible so it's easy for them to pick it up. Yeah. But, you know, one really of their guys is going to get sent off. Or they're going to get a, a reroll taken away or something as a yeah. balance. I mean, it could be a whole thing. I know we mentioned, I think it was maybe two or three podcasts ago, we talked about custom leagues. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, what if you had like a you know like a dirty league, where these kind of things go, you know, where the refs aren't looking? It's like the uh, sort of FIFA street of, uh, <laughs> of Blood Bowl, you know. You just rock ball. up and you're like, yeah, no, I am playing a dwarf team, and um, all of my guys have just got knives all over their armor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or something. Yeah, just absolutely brutal. That that now there's loads of cool cards um, in the old CRP. So the competition rules pack for Blood Bowl, which is an online PDF where all the rules were. And I know that these days the 2016 has got all the the special card packs you can pick from and buy from and they're random. Really difficult to get a list of them because there's, Mm. I mean, how how many teams are we on now? Like 12 or something? So there's 12 different card packs. There's a couple of other card packs that were released individually. And that's just the worst kind of living card game. Like... So you yeah. can't get that. But there's a load of cool rules and cheating ideas in those as well that are exactly like this. So like assassination attempts, traps. <laughs> and, and those are things that I think we should we should definitely explore. So what do you think about traps in Blood Bowl, Ben? This is a thing, kind of, isn't it? I'm thinking like you have trap doors in... Because some things use the trap doors, don't they, from the GW pitches. You could do yeah. something similar. Some of the special cards. Are there like trap rules for some of the pictures uh no no they're just um some cards have really cool things where you can uh, deploy a guy on the trap door and stuff like that okay you can you can sneak an extra player onto the pitch via the trap door right so you're talking like which would work for our sneaking players on rules actually wouldn't it yeah either in your end zone or through the trap door that's actually quite a good shout but then it does limit you to games extra pictures uh well yeah but the, the the well actually if you pick up one of the uh, Age of Sigma terrain kits, they've got those cool grates. 
Oh yeah. I've painted up two of those and they fit. They're they're I don't know, fifty mil square, which means they fit perfectly round a square. So if you if you don't have a trapdoor pitch on your blood bowl pitch, you just get a set of those, you get some treasure chests, some cool walls, and you just chuck those grates down. That's a good idea for a tournament <laughs> kickoff chart, you know? You can move a player down through a trap door and you, you position the trap door at the start of each drive. Or oh, start the game. And yeah, then no, that's if the kickoff chart works, they can come through the trap door. So we got on from talking from traps to trap doors, but <laughs> That's alright, that's that's exactly what this is about. Yeah. Blasting yeah. attack. It's quite a fun idea. Fly. Uh, so dirty. They had these special play cards, and they still have special play cards, but they're convoluted. But what do they have in here? They had uh, illegal substitution. You may place any player from the reserves box in an unoccupied space square in the end zone. You're defending this player. May only take a move action. This may take your t- yeah yeah. So we've got that. We talked about that. Greased shoes. This is cool. Uh, the magic grease applied to your opponent's shoes has finally taken effect. Play after your turn has ended or your kickoff to opponent is resolved, but before their turn begins. This turn, all opposing players need to roll 5 plus for go for it instead of 2 plus. 5 plus? <laughs> yeah, I know, it's brutal. Usually they're like, like minus 1 or something, but. Yeah, exactly. That's like for one turn. Okay. Um, where do we go? What else is there called? Cool? So they, yeah, this is the one. So they have pit, a pit trap. Uh, a devious groundskeeper has set up a pit trap for you. Play after your turn has ended or your kickoff to opponent is resolved, but before your opponent's turn begins, choose a player. That player is immediately placed prone. No armor roll is made. They're just, if they had the ball, it bounces normal. So not massively exciting. But is it just, to say it's just automatic? Oh my goodness, Ben, this is the one. Okay. Trampoline trap. <laughs> Someone set up a deep pit trap with a trampoline in it. Play after your turn has ended. Blah, 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 blah. Choose any opposing player. Using all the rules for the throw teammate skill, this player is automatically thrown, i.e. cannot be fumbled, to a target square that's D6 squares away in a random direction from his own square. Use the scatter template. This player will need to make a landing roll as normal if they land on the pitch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that could work out in your favour, couldn't it? Oh, it could massively work out in your favour. Throw teammate on yeah, throw t- well, we've oh, that's the dream, man. That's what that's the skill giants should have had, just to really upset the grognards. Ignores right stuff. Yeah, just just throws everybody, anybody. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, there's loads of ideas out there to add extra theme, and I think you're right, Ben. I think a kickoff table would be the best way to do that. Yeah, either a custom league or a custom tournament. Custom league with a kickoff table or some kind of menu of special. Trap special skills or something that's just for your league. Could that be a uh, Bonehead Podcast 2021 tournament? The, I mean, I don't want to call it Dirty Bowl, but <laughs> <laughs> Filth Bowl. <laughs> yeah, Cheat Street. I don't know something that yeah. could be quite entertaining. I now I'm no, I'm I'm, I'm an unapologetic Sevens fanboy. Yeah. I think I think I think Sevens would be a great place for yeah, some of these it, some of these things. It feels lack of a better word for like a more casual format. It is a more casual format, yeah. And uh, even if you're looking at the, the, the setting, the referees, the rules and stuff is less. So it's easier yeah. to, have, to have this nonsense in it. Yeah. And there's less to think about during the game as well. You've got a lot less players, a lot smaller pitches. That's a really, really, really good point. So for you, any uh, anything else we haven't covered that you immediately comes to mind when you think about cheating in Blood Bowl? Um... 
feel like I could talk for days about this. Uh, let's have a think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If I come up with anything, I'll probably post it on the Facebook. Absolutely do it. I mean, there's so much you could do there. And if you had it set in a specific league, I mean, you, you even got like the opportunity for potions. You know, that is a good shout. You know, whether it's, I mean, look at the um, the halfling. What was it? Hefty brew or something, haughty brew. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, where your stunty guys get frenzy and dauntless and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> having having funny potions to be like, there's a strength potion, but you get bonehead for a drive. Stuff like that. Which I know some of these things are covered in the special play decks. It's just when the cards are so disparate, it's really difficult to fit it in in your match in like a themed way. It is. Um, I think it I works mean, better as something that both coaches can agree on. And both have access to it, rather than yeah. a random draw. Yeah, we're playing in the Alchemist's Bowl, where there are all these potions available to you. You just you can buy them as part of your team, and you can use them once a game, and it does a specific thing, and you know, you know that that is a possibility. You know, oh my god, yeah. potion of flight! They get leap, very long legs. So here's a point. Yeah. So we talk about these things a lot, like the, like different leagues, different tournament formats, like this kind of thing. How would we encourage tournament organisers and league organisers to implement these things? So I think I think you, you called it earlier. When you, uh, tournaments have generally a theme or a soul to them where they've got a thing and the stuff that goes on revolves around that thing. And then each league, each year, it, it stays mostly the same. They have a little tweak here and there. So the tournaments develop their own identity. So with something like this, you kind of have to have, which you immediately went straight with there, a tournament with, and, and the purpose of it is that, which I think is there to prep tournament, to prep coaches so they, un, they, they expect it. It's part of what they're buying into. It's that contract so that at the beginning. But also, it, it gives that controlled environment because league can be very dangerous to implement extra rules, can't it? Yeah. There's a lot of commitment that goes into a league. Huge, huge, huge amount. Now, one thing we have done in Wobble is there is an incentive that if you use a random pitch, you get an extra 10k each at the end of the match. Yeah. That That's, we've been doing do. that. We've been doing that for years just to try and get those rules. It's completely optional. But actually, if you want to score some extra cash and you're willing to risk it, boom, go for it. So if you're going to run a league or a tournament, well, a tournament won't work, but if you're going to run a league where either you're, I'm going to, it's going to be a lustrier setting, it's going to be whatever setting, and we're going to have these special rules, there has to be a benefit for league because otherwise it's going to introduce chaos, which is, you know, bad for the old world, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, Age of Sigma. <laughs> um, but it, 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 it can threaten your, what you'll be working on. It'd be like playing D&D &D and be like, right, the next session uh, we're going to uh, be fighting on a Death Star and uh, you're going to be up against people with uh, lightsabers and if they touch you, you die. Like, that's just, that's just, like, we've just spent six months building this and now all of a sudden everyone's you know going to murder me. That's not fun. No. But either yeah. having it in like, a set environment where you know, we're going to run a sevens tournament and we're going to be on the, the last week of every month for three months. We're going to get nine games in and we're going to play it in, you know, these dwarven mines and these are the rules. Or, you know, we're going to do a tournament and these are going to be the, the rules for the day. Or we're going to introduce this rule for our next season of the league and you do this, you can opt out because it's always, you know, fair to opt out of some stuff. 
but you get extra money there's an incentive there. there's an extra mvp you know my favorite idea at the moment from talking to sam from our club is the wandering monster idea where you know the coaches agree you have a wandering monster appears on the pitch if anyone takes it out they get an extra mvp it's just awesome such a good idea yeah and then you can fill out some great models and just have an absolute laugh and then they get extra mvps so you've got a game of blood bowl going on and there's actually some some mobs to go and kill to get you to get your xp up uh, yeah. you know that's just it's just definitely something that's within our grasp because coliseum ball with monsters is something we need to talk about soon we need to get sam on yeah it's a great it's a great it's a great idea uh yeah does that does that cover what you were talking about yeah i think so um yeah just i think and if anyone's out there thinking tournaments just like i know i was definitely like this for a while like you tournaments competitive play don't think of it like that think of it like um like it's just a new opportunity to try something new get a few games in in one sitting where normally you play one game like a week or a month or something like that just think of it as a time to try something new and i think that's when we can implement some of these things where how about we play three games in a row in quick succession where we just can suddenly cheat (laughs) And we have these rules in. Yeah, exactly. I think the yeah. best way, like, so you, I'm sure you've watched a TV series or two where it's a TV series, but there are also movies interspersed within it. Like, then there's a major, 24 is a cracking example. Of oh, this. yeah. It's a series, and then there's every now and again a special movie, Battlestar Galactica. You yes. know, they had the, and then they went to Razor, and they had the movies that sit within it, but they're its own thing. That's a tournament in Blood Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. That's this, a really good analogy. You've got the setting, and then you've got this concentrated, slightly different story. And if anybody out there is watching Picard at the moment, which is awesome, I'm a big Trekkie, it's very similar. It, okay, this is the Star Trek universe, but it's got a twist. It's got its own identity. And it's it's a way to try something different without sacrificing the core game that you love. Yeah. And, you know, cheating in Blood Bowl, you can introduce it to a league, you know, where it's actually, yep, we're going to run it. You can bring an extra player on, but they're likely to get sent off. Uh you know, this is what we're going to be doing for this, you know, six-week tournament or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's a good idea. I think it's a great idea just to introduce a little bit more carnage without impacting your team's development. Definitely. Or you just give everyone an extra Minotaur and a wizard and just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and no, no apothecaries. Now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone gets a Fomeroid uh, and they're just like souped-up giants. Wicked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Ben said, if you've got any ideas for cheating or introducing more of the blood bowl fluff into the games drop us a line because we super super want to know about it and we'll talk about it in another episode if you've got any good ideas um but i think for now it's time to talk about our star player for the week it's star player time it's griff oberwald so everybody who knows blood bowl probably knows griff ben have you heard about griff yeah who hasn't Exactly. If you join the NAF and you don't put in a personal name, it automatically populates to Griff Overworld. Oh, really? Yes. That's a fun people, fact. People haven't chosen that, I assume, or there's like a billion people that have chosen Griff Overworld. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it automatically defaults. So I was trying to find some people's NAF names after Beachhead, and I was like, uh, this person's name? No? Okay. Uh, t- typed in their NAF name, Griff Overworld. I was like, oh, I think I see what's going on here. Right. Anyway, Griff is the poster boy for Blood Bowl, sort of. The Blood Bowl Ultramarine. Yeah, kind of. I, I, I think Morg might be the poster boy star player. Oh, that's, that's probably accurate, actually. I think everyone, everyone, everyone knows Morg. 
and no one can afford him unless they're in a really bad situation. And then he actually delivers. I've been impressed with Morg. He's but, kind of like overshadowed by Bob now, isn't he? Well, yeah, but Bob's a golden era star player, so he's an eagle everywhere. That's true. It's like a promo card for a TCG. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, cool cool idea, bro. Uh, enjoy playing that at home. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Griff Oberwald is... I've never seen him used until this weekend where Ian and Josh ran him on their co-op human team. Um, have you ever had a chance to play against Griff either? Never. Never, no. I've never played him against him on BB2 really either. No, me neither. Okay, so let's have a quick look at Griff. So Griff Oberwald is can be taken by humans. Uh, he's 320,000, which is huge. But yeah. he's got some he's got some stats behind him. He's 7448 loner block dodge fend sprint and sure feet. Those are some stats. That is quite a lot of stats. This guy's a one-man team. He's the Sly Marbo of Blood Bowl, uh, essentially. So, all right, he's got sprint and sure feet and movement seven. So, realistically, I think the best way to summarize this guy is he's a strength four, edge four, movement ten blodger mm. with fend for some reason. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of <laughs> helps. You can't be... It's, it's hard to... Uh, Oh, no, no. I was going to say it's hard to surf him, but not really. Uh, that's that's, yeah, that's a sidestep, isn't it? it? Well, yeah, that would be that would have been quite impressive. So yeah. I, I, he's he has a load of money, right? He's 300k. You know, normally 300k, you're taking a couple of team re-rolls or a re-roll, a keg and a wizard. You know, you're having that, that impact. I think in League, this guy will... He will hog your SPBs. Oh, absolutely. Because having that strength and edge for and blodge it means he blitzes out of anything and this was my experience with him at the weekend with Skaven I could I could barely stop this guy uh, drive after drive he'd come down um, he'd have a semi cage I'd crack the corner of the cage I'd mob Griff and then he would blitz and dodge away <laughs> very happily like He's strength four, so most of the time you're getting a one-on-one -on -one block because of like people taking up tackle zones and things. So he's two dicing you. He's got block. He punches a little hole, and then he's dodging to no tackle zones on a two-plus with a re-roll or one tackle zone on a three-plus with a re-roll. You can't slow this guy down, and then he's off to the races with ten movement because of sprint and sure feet. Yeah, that's a machine. Yeah, I mean, it clearly worked for Ian and Josh. I think they went 1-1-1 one, one, and one in the end, but they went 2-0. They scored plenty of touchdowns. And the Griff charge on a team with no re-rolls was awesome. And he's got dodge, so he's got that integral re-roll. You roll in two die blocks and blitzes. Uh, this guy is really good. I was super, super impressed. Yeah, but I think uh, from talking to Ian, like, like you say, he hogs the SVP because... I think his playstyle was passable to Griff. And oh, absolutely. From there. <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? In a tournament setting, that's that you can definitely do yeah, it now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's a lot of tournament teams with humans that take the Ogre and uh, the Vin Diesel guy. Who's the Vin Diesel guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, the Mighty Zug, who looks like okay. Vin Diesel. Uh, he, you know, Because then you've got two Ogres, and that's pretty good. Because, to be fair, on humans, your Blitzers are great anyway. But... They went with a different build, which was taking Griff. And Griff is just... 
he's just a vampire that's already eaten today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically. And you can give him the ball and you can score. So for tournament, you've got a great fun build. And that's why I, I really loved their build for the tournament. Because it wasn't humans with a bit of spice. It was, we're going to take a human team that is built around Griff. Because he's going to come back every game and it's going to be wicked. And he, he was great to see. It was a re- it was it was a different human team and it was semi horrible to play against. Uh, but 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 we've got to ask the question: three hundred and twenty k. Yeah, it's is it's a, is, a, is a huge amount. So let's look at league. We like to look at league because I think most people seem to play leagues. Griff taking Griff. If you're down 300k, do you do it then? Oh, honestly, no. I mean, I've never played humans. I can't really see where he fits. But I just I don't think I would. He's so good. But like you say, blitzers are already good. I think a human team kind of holds their own. And they probably benefit more from other inducements. Yeah. No, I think that's fair enough. I think, I guess the one thing I would say about Griff is... If you need to win the game, you you can you can do it with Griff. Yeah. You can do it with Griff and a one million flat build. Actually, if you're playing a thirteen fifty team, taking Griff is going to give you a good chance to score two three touchdowns and hold your own. If you're if this is game two game three of the league, if you take Griff, you're going to lose out on a touchdown two touchdowns. You're going to exactly. lose out on SPP that are going to build your team. And you need that if you're down three hundred k. Oh, absolutely you need to start playing catch up now we're lucky in wobble that we've got a catch up mechanic that for every 250 your total team value is less than their total team value you get an extra mvp award because we want really teams we want people want teams to catch up but i think if you're playing down and you need to win a game griff will definitely give you a different angle to win if you're vanilla if you've already brewed up a bit of a team and you're sitting at 1200 and you need some spice to go against a 1500 team. When you're when you're kind of 1150, 1250, you've got a team. You've got a great team already. You just may not have a team as great as theirs. And at that point, taking a wizard, taking some rerolls or extra apothecaries to keep your guys in the game will probably benefit you more. Yeah, I think you're right. What do you think? Sorry, one more topic. What yeah, do you go. think of Fend? So he has Fen. How do you feel uh, about that as a skill? Do you think it's bloke? I'm not. So it feels like some of these classic star players, they, they, they tend to have one random skill that doesn't make sense or just is like a throw-on. And I think it is to bloat them a bit. Because if he was 300k without Fend, he'd be really sweet. Like, he'd be even better. Mm. I think so, so too. So Fend, opposing players may not follow up blocks made against this player even if the Fend player is knocked down. The opposing player may still continue to move, etc. If they've had a blots, I think so, Bretonians have this everywhere, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they're they're yeomen do or something, or yeah. they're linemen. So I, I don't know. It's I prefer stand firm, really. <laughs> I think you're right. Oh, I, I stand, stand firm or sidestep or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fend is quite interesting because it can. I say funnel their guys. It, it kind of can. Like you can put a guy there, and you know that no one's going into that space without knocking him down. Stand firm is better for that. So fend is a bit of a freebie skill. That I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I blitzed him a couple of times. I'm not entirely sure he ever used it <laughs> because it's a very forgettable skill as well, isn't it? It did actually pay off in Bonehead Bowl. 
no, bonehead bull, beachhead bull, um, where there was an undead ghoul who I struggled to surf with Frenzy because he had Fend. Oh, that's clever. So it does, I think it combats Frenzy. It's like a counter to that because they can't do the second block. It's a bit of a shame you didn't get to play against this human team because I think that would have been a proper brawl. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been an absolute brawl. So, Griff, is he better than a wizard then? It's uh, always a question we ask, isn't it? Um, it's a very, very good question. You know, I don't think he is. Is he better than two wizards? Now, you know, you can't have two wizards, but if you could have that, two that's, wizards... Sorry, that's what I was comparing. I was comparing against two wizards. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's a wizard plus the rest. That's 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 what it is. And It's a lot of rest. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I like having the numbers. He can do what a wizard does multiple times in a game. Yeah, I mean, you get an extra player on the team. You get an extra armor, eight, strength, four player on the team. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. And that's the uh, that's the one thing I don't think we consider about star players is that actually you're buying a resilient bit of cannon fodder that will... If he had guard or shore uh, or sidestep or something, he would be, like, ace. Absolutely ace. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mighty Zug is 260. And it's like, yeah, it's, he's cheaper. He's he's just pure strength, I think, Zog, isn't he? But like, this, this, I was really impressed. Anyway, I was really impressed with him. I think it's definitely, definitely fun to brew up. And it was worth uh, Ian dropping his fourth Blitzer to take him instead. Yes, he was just miles better than one Blitzer at, oh. in a tournament setting. It's awesome. And there's this thing we've been brewing up with sevens uh, called Star Sevens, where you get seven hundred k and you can build a team. And you can have star players, and they can be included in the minimum seven players. I think Griff on a sevens team would be great fun. Yeah. No, at I that point, it, that. It, it, it's the Griff team again. Yeah. So but again, if it's in a tournament or like a little, you know, like setting. A, yeah. Great. Yeah. Just in a so, league, I don't think I'd take him. He'd do too much. So I think, thanks to playing a tough game against Griff Overboard, I'm going to be have to picking up another Forge Rod model because <laughs> I, I can I can see this being good fun, man. I can see him being good fun. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, that wraps up the Star Player segment, and that does wrap up episode 36. So I just want to say a big thank you to everybody who comes along and supports us with tournaments, listens to the show, gets involved, drops us messages. You know, it's great. Thank you for coming and talking Blood Bowl with us. Thanks for listening to us. And Ben, thanks ever so much for joining us again today. Thanks, ever. Thanks, as ever. Uh, it's wicked. It was great to have you here, and it was great to have you at the tournament. And I'm very glad to be playing uh, Level Up Bowl with you. Yes, it'll be good fun. Yeah, it'll be, I just hope... I, I, yeah, it'll be a tough game if you and I get paired. It'll be a good match. Um, <laughs> I mean, do you know Skaven? Ooh, yeah. Maybe no, I can't. I'm not allowed to take Skaven because I have to take a new team. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> right that does wrap it up guys thank you all very very much for listening and uh, we will see you uh, in a couple of weeks time take it easy